and thunder. We're talking Dice Masters, the beauty of the underlying mechanics, the hidden complexities and the strategy, tactics, and decisions of competitive play. If you're just starting the game or have been here since the first set, hopefully you'll find something in this show that'll do you some good. So shake up your bag, reconnoiter your opponent, and get ready to roll. Welcome, everybody, to our annual World's Coverage episode. We just got back from Indianapolis after five days at Gen Con, and what follows is our live coverage from the event. It's good to finally be home. It feels like we've been living out of our suitcases forever. <laughs> That's true. We were over in Ireland for about a month, then got home a few days before we had to turn around and head off to Indy. So, yeah, the suitcases... <laughs> Just stayed out the entire time. At least I had an inkling as to what I was going to run. Yeah, that's true. In the last couple of days before we had to hit the road again, I was able to help you test your team, and Michael came over, and we were able to help him tweak his team. But I was having so many mixed emotions that it was difficult for me to settle on anything for myself, other than to say that Ron Hopkins had been on my mind, and I was interested in running something in his honor. That would be some form of swarm or control. Exactly. So in the back of my mind, I was mulling those options over. But let's not spoil anything yet. Sure, sure. But if you're interested in following along with the team builds that we're going to discuss later in the episode, I'll post a link to the DM North article that contains team lists, Thank you, Jordo. In the show notes for this episode at... Bullandthunder.xyz forward slash 303. You still got it. And with that, let's just flash back to August 3rd, 2023. All right, this is take two. <laughs> Lucan and I have finally made it to Gen Con. I meant to do one of these a little bit earlier, but there's a little chaos. Whenever we travel, there's chaos. We just got back from Ireland. Month there. I have to say I'm still jet lagging from that. But now we're in Indianapolis, so my body is totally confused. But here we are in the great Indianapolis Convention Center huge cavernous hall. I'm sitting here with my esteemed colleague, Robert Lucantago O'Neill, and across the table from me. And now we were just talking about this. I believe Craig, I'm talking to Craig Huebner, by the way, and he's going to get mad about it, but I'm going to call him the esteemed, honorable Craig Huebner once, once again. The venerable, venerable Q. And take one, I call them the venerable Craig Huebner. Because he is like a dreadnought. He's just going to keep coming back. He's been back. I think you are the longest tenured competitor in the World Championships. Now, you go back to 2014, if I'm, I'm not correct. Right back to the very first U.S. Nationals and the 2015 Worlds one, correct? I, I'm going to say yes, correct. Because I can't remember now anymore really what happened between Origins and the things that were out in Glen Burnie, Maryland, when they had that event out there at the mall. But you did the mall. You did the mall. Well, yeah, but, I mean, it's it's just, look, it, there's been a great game to play, and I've just had luck that I can attend and I can work out a schedule to go. So I've enjoyed it. Well, that's awesome. Not many can remember the mall. Well, here we are. We, we're up in cause the difference between the mall and this massive cacophony of it is this. And Gen Con, if it wasn't clear, they're, they're hosting at Gen Con this year, and we're in Exhibit Hall B. It's very big, and we're at orange tables. And now this is a, a spat between WizKids employees. Are the tables orange? Are they peach? Are they salmon? I say it's an umbrella term. Orange is an umbrella term that includes peach and salmon, so they need to set their differences aside. But that's where we are. It's really big. 
Bigger than Origins. Here to bring people together, then, that, huh? That's right. That's what I do. This is my mission as an artist, to unify all peoples, all, all creeds, the salmon believers and the peach believers. There's no need for disagreement. So, in Irish, is the word slua, and it's a good word because it just has that anomatopoeia sound. Just like this immense veracity of people. And I think that captures... What, what's your feeling? What's the difference between Glen Burnie and Gen Con so far? That Well... The only immediate thought is because of the timeline of the game and how really with us being newer, and I think at the time it was like the second or third set was really, or rather the first DC set was really out for that Glen Burnie event. And so with that freshness of sets versus now, I think that's really the biggest difference in my opinion because then people were really exploring what could I do within the game what are the makes and the meta? And now I think people are, I'm going to say used to how to try and brew mechanics. And so maybe it just doesn't have the same flair because people know I'm going to see this certain mechanic. I, we know we're going to get Thored. We know we're going to get Master Molded. We know certain things are going to happen. And so it's about waiting for those to come. Did you see the results from Dice Fight XL? I did not. I saw some of the team builds on purpose because I did want to see what people are playing with, but I didn't actually see who had success. Well, it's not so much about who had success, only that the teams in themselves are a cause for optimism. Only three master molds, and only one of the teams that had master mold on it did particularly well, that being Ben's team. But he'll tell you himself, master mold is not his primary win condition. Right, so we'll, we know we're going to see Thor, we know we're going to see Master Mold, but I think that Marvel Secret Wars was the set that this game really, really needed. And it, it, we liked it because it, it looked new, it had a shiny new wrapping on it, but now that the dust has settled a little bit, I think it's becoming clear that the set has, I'm going to sound like such a wanker, subtle elegance to it, that really slots into the meta nicely. So I'm optimistic that we're going to see really creative stuff happening here. Oh, that's awesome, because... My creativity still goes back to when we were together in Nashville last, and I ran Rare Bizarro, and he's there again this time for me. And that's my Awesome, awesome. you got to love the Rare Bizarro. So, Craig, you also have, you're one of the few people, we, we got into this thing so late in terms of knowing that I was going to be able to do it. By the time I knew that I could come, all the tickets were sold out for the fan appreciation night. You've got a ticket for that. So would you mind being our inside man and giving us the scoop when you come out and maybe doing an interview right afterward? Yeah, but I think we are still going to have essentially a fist fight over that if you guys are around, that you guys go in. Ah, no, no. We're, we're... I'm, I'm still planning on asking Jimmy for a press badge and seeing if I can't get in there and try to act professional for once. So more will be revealed on both of those fronts. You'll find out about the results of the fist fight and whether or not we get a press badge, in which case there won't be a fist fight. All right, signing off. Post-draft, first draft here at Gen Con 2023. I'm standing here next to Rob Olivier. Canadian superstar, as we all know, and how'd it go for you in the draft today? Oh, well, I, I lost uh, both my games, but that's all right, because I won with the super rare Molecule Man. Wow, yeah, yeah. Well, we were matched up right at front, and I saw that card, and I thought, uh-oh, you had a lot of Spider-Men, a little two-cost Spider-Man. You had, you had the tools to make it happen. What happened in game two? Uh, game two, he had magic that when fielded does two damage to all your opposing dice and just eventually overwhelmed me. 
got rid of Molecule Man every time you couldn't get him out on level three in that that's game? Right. Uh, got him out. Ouch. Ouch. Well, that's, that's one of the things I like about this set is like you have a card that's a clear win condition, clear discount. It's a great card. But there's answers in the set Absolutely. in terms of drafting. What's your experience of drafting this set so far? Oh, drafting this set? There's no real dominant win cons, is there? You sort of have to manufacture your, your team, your win condition. Maybe start with a two-card combo, sort of build from there. Yeah, that's really true. There is nothing where you can just go, I got this, it does a lot of direct damage, game's over. You've got to build something, which I like about this set. I like it as well. I mean, we've seen too many win cons, I think, that are just too dominant. Yeah. <laughs> or easy in a draft. It's like, yeah. I just got my yeah. boom boom, good night Irene, right? <laughs> that's right. But in this one, there's a lot of different things you can build around, too. Like, I saw the Uncommon Beast come around, I thought, that's a good card, I could build around that. There's good removal in this set. Like, don't discount things like, uh, is it Mr. Fantastic Brain Box? That's oh, a, yeah. That's a fun card to play with. Oh, yeah, that's so, a mean removal card. is could be a great win con. Just Absolutely. Take some, uh, your opponent's dice and then swing. Little Dazzlers. Uh, although, you were hitting me hard with those Dazzlers. I was worried about those when they the were sitting in the were building. good. Yeah, deal four damage to a target mask. And there's one that targets something else, I think. Yeah, there's one that targets unaffiliated characters. Unaffiliated I had that one, which I had to... Actually. And I was like, at a certain point, I realized, this is hurting me more than helping me because all of your characters were affiliated. <laughs> so I was having to KO my own stuff. I had to be careful with this one because he had... My second opponent had no masks. So I thought, okay, do I have a mask? Right, right. So I have to reflect that back on myself. Right. Well, that's awesome. So, did you roll in here today? Did you roll in last night? When? Uh... Oh, we came in the day before. It was a long 10 to 11 hour car drive. Wow, you drove all the way down. My who? Yeah, our flight got canceled last minute, so we packed the, the car and just started driving. Wow. Okay, that's uh, rallying. I, I, I appreciate that. <laughs> it shows our core strengths with pivoting. <laughs> well, now you don't have to take an Uber. You're guaranteed to get where you need to. Well, thank you, Rob, for, for playing. It was a pleasure, and good luck this weekend. I hope you're going to be drafting any rest of the coming up, or is this your last this draft? This is the only draft we have, but if we can jump into a draft at some point, we'll do that for sure. Right on. Okay, I think there's, there's one every other day except for Saturday. Thanks, Rob. Well, I was talking to Rob, so you know I'm talking to Rob. You know Jocelyn's not far away. That's, that's usually the way it is, Urge. We're kind of joined at the hip. I have to say I'm envious. My, my wife refuses to touch the dice. She calls it that card game. <laughs> that card game may be the end of a very healthy marriage otherwise. How do you guys make it work? Rob can tell you that I beg to play this game. So when, he taught, when we learned how to play, I got super into it, and I was like, can we play Dice Masters? I don't want to play anything else. So, um, so yeah, so I just really enjoy it. Awesome. That that is fantastic. How would it go for you in the draft today? One and one. One and one. What'd you build around? I'm always curious. This set, two questions. I'm going to pack them on. Sorry about this, but there's two questions. First one is, one of the things I love about this set is it's a combo set. You've got to put things together. So what was your combo? What'd you build around? And, how, and how'd it go? So I built, I built around Super Rare Invisible Woman. <laughs> so she is a six cost and there wasn't a lot of ramp, but I pulled a Shocking Grasp. My first game was against Craig Hubner, and basically what I did was I comboed it with cheap characters with the idea that hopefully I could just get enough to overrun. So I had a Spider-Gwen, the one that can't be blocked on level one. I had a Falcon, I had a Beast, I had a Mr. Fantastic, just low-cost low stuff. Uh, against Craig, in the entire game, I rolled three characters. Ouch, yeah, but you got to roll characters to win in this game. And I'm assuming that she just kind of went through your bag a couple times? Yeah, exactly. Um, and then in my second game, I played Quinn, who's a newer player, and he was playing around the magic that lets you feel the sidekick from your used or prep when you use an action. He had Shocking Grasp, I had Shocking Grasp. However, it took him a while to get to his magic, and he got me down to one life, but I had him on two, so I had him on the next turn. Wow. Okay, well, that sounds like a good game. It was a good game. 
There's a lot of really fun stuff in this set. I think that from a casual or draft perspective, it's really fun. There's not so much stuff, I think, that's going to affect the meta Saturday. Yeah, we'll see. There's interesting counter cards in this set. This set's full of cards that can get in the way, kind of jam up the machine a little bit, I think. You know, so we'll see. I'd be, I'd be curious. I, I haven't done much playtesting at all. I've been off in Ireland trouncing around, so... Hopefully somebody will teach me something. I'm sure somebody will teach me something on Saturday. Well, we haven't done a lot either. We just got back from Italy. So uh, we got back from Italy a week and a half ago, and then now we're here. Good for you. Yeah, I'm in the same same boat almost exactly. How long were you guys in Italy? Two weeks. Awesome. Any, any highlights? Lake Como is beautiful. Okay, I'm here with Nick Wally once again, volunteering so generously to be head judge at the Whiskets event here in Gen Con. The show must go on. <laughs> and, and who better? He did such an excellent job last year and glad to have you back. I, well, I have your ear for a quick question because I just saw it on the table and I thought, that's a question I wanted to ask. Rob, a rules question. A rules on question. Spot. On the spot. Sorry, I'm going to put you on the spot. What is, so I um, was playing against Rob. Rob was fortunate enough to draw the super rare Molecule Man. Now, I asked a question of the super rare Molecule Man on the forum, and it was an incomplete question, I realized, after I'd finished it. And my follow-up question would be, which I meant to post to WizKids, but I didn't, was, given the way they ruled his interaction with the out-of-play zone, would he count himself if he attacks? Would he bring himself back if he were unblocked? So if he is unblocked, he goes out of play and is no longer active. That's what I was thinking, right? So and he that's can't bring what himself I would assume back. Assume is if they is no longer active, then it's just like any other ability. I can't remember what old card we got clarity on that. I remember She-Hulk from Thor the Common being a kind of a persnickety one like that where combat damage end of turn if she went unblocked or KO'd, she's no longer active. Right. There was one um, like that. Was, was but I think there was another before There was that. that Robin. Remember there was that Robin, that promo Robin, that when he attacked and did damage, when there were four Bat family characters in the field, he just returned. So the question was, was he, how would he count himself if he went through, you know, or would you have to actually have five? And I do not see a ruling on Robin Me at all. Either, so... I am quickly using my phone to look things up so <laughs> sorry I, literally I, you are in the moment with me listeners right now i am like literally holding poor nick's feet to the flames but uh that's the way i would assume it would be would be too but that ruling was a little bit odd in some ways that is one good convenient thing about the comprehensive rule book is it's a pdf and if we need an answer i can go search and <laughs> look on my phone searching for fielded is going to be really easy to find the right thing i need or active, because that's probably used about a hundred times in the document. Oh, yeah. You'll be stopping every other page. So, question for you. What's keeping you up at night as a judge coming into this tournament? Any any issues that are kind of like, hmm? Probably the ones that I'm unaware of is the uh, <laughs> right. easiest answer. Because I think going into this, enough people have been asking questions openly or posting them in the rules forum or letting me post them in the rules form. And so we get enough clarity to where I don't think there's anything tremendously unclear. And especially not meta-level pieces. The two ones that stand out to me, you just pointed one out today that I hadn't seen before, which is the timing issue yeah, with the, uh, Thor and fielding somebody that would spin down. Yeah, so the, the super rare Thor has the ability of when active, when you field a character, he'll deal two damage. 
the Jane Foster super rare has the ability to prevent two damage. And then someone asked, well, what if I have the super rare Mystique? So if we really bling out this game with three super rares, if Mystique gets to use her team watch to spin down an opposing character, can she spin down the Jane Foster so that Thor can then deal his two damage? And the answer was yes. The reason it was pulled into question is one of the lines in the comprehensive rules about kind of the timing of when the ability triggers, you consider the game state of everything that's at it. But it's really only to see if the ability triggers. The other stuff of how much damage it would deal is based off of when the damage is dealt and when that ability resolves. So they kind of split it up of you do something, you look for triggers... If it was unable to trigger then, then it was a problem. But damage reduction is kind of separate. It kind of makes sense. It's kind of confusing in terms of, like, in the rulebook, they also talk about doing the active player stuff all first, and then the inactive. If that were the case, then you could say, well, sequentially, it kind of makes... I can logically, computer science-wise, wrap my head around it. Yeah, and it was kind of going parallel to the anti-monitor and Wonder Woman question, where Wonder Woman prevents you from using when fielded or when attacks abilities, but anti-monitor has intimidate, which is not a when fielded ability, and then it can also use a when fielded ability I can't think of at the moment, but the question was, could you intimidate, then use the when fielded, and that's a no, because Wonder Woman was active when the ability would have initiated and been put in the queue. That's what it was referring to in that game state, was... When it is entering the queue, that determines if it can or cannot resolve. And, but because, and that's in the same card, so maybe that's why they have to be yeah, on the same card. And they area. have to do the same thing. But it's then all the degree to which something resolves, that seems to all be at the current moment of resolution. So Thor deals two damage. Jane Foster was not there to prevent it. Thor deals two damage. After she's rolled out. Um, yeah, and you could probably look at it to throw in the old Nobby, don't call me Gobby, because that changed things based off of how many villain characters. And so, honestly, if we wanted a very clear, that might be the way to go, is what if I have Mystique and I field Norman Osborn and throw in a Jane Foster and make her a villain and all that fun stuff to just convolute it as much as possible. But I need to go answer a question, sure, so... <laughs> One last question. I've got the horse's mouth, so to speak, because you asked the question that I think is probably the most germane and will have the most impact going forward in terms of the way we think about the game and the way the the queue works. And that's the question about... Arduce's fancy vocabulary. (laughs) Well, we're talking about... You had to ask the question about mutation and the Doctor Strange, that when you play the mutation... Walk us through that ruling and walk us through the consequences from, of that in terms of how we conceive of the, the queue and how things work in the game. Yeah, so one thing that I noticed weirdly in the comprehensive rules, and this is kind of tangent to this, but when they say ability in the rules, they are meaning global abilities, character abilities, and the oddball that I didn't think of was action abilities. So they've kind of classified that so that Whenever they talk about something in the rules and they say ability, it does apply to all three. And so the particular ruling that Arge is bringing up is when we're looking at the Doctor Strange. He has a, while active, when you use an action, do stuff. 
there's a bunch of them in the set. I forget what his says particularly. Reroll another die. Reroll another die. Okay. And so I believe the person who asked originally threw in the Infinity Gauntlet, which rerolls everything. But for simplicity, when I posted it on the rules form, I went with mutation. Because then you can clearly just say, all right, I'm going to move Doctor Strange out, or Sheriff of Agamotto, rather. I can move him out, swap him with a die from my used pile. Do I get to use the ability on him because he was active at the start when you initiated? And they ruled yes. So it seems as far as like when we're looking at these timing triggers was the while active when this happens active when the whatever starts and initiates that's what we need so you don't need to actually we've always been playing it before like you need to have the thing resolve completely before the second one so in this case you could swap strange out and even though he was swapped out he saw the thing initiated you didn't have to go all the way so Interesting, and and right? that's part of why I also chose mutation was, well, what if I swap Strange in? Does he see the action? And they said no. He needed to be there at the start when you initiate the action. What happens after? He's sleeping on the job. Let me ask you this. What other consequences and fallout is from this ruling? I mean, for example, what about a character, maybe even Jubilee? There was a Jubilee back when she was active if you use a global deal of damage. Would that go into the queue right when you pay the global, or would you have to resolve it? The same, same ruling? Same so I'd have to look up some lines, but I'm pretty sure they explained it all using the word just ability. They didn't specify it to... Action they didn't maybe. specify to action ability because they rarely say that. But when you do the ability, you initiate, you look for triggering events. Those go into the queue. Now you resolve the ability that you initiated, and then all those abilities that triggered from it still go. So if you use the global, even if she disappears, so say you're using Dark Phoenix global, she was there on initiation, deal the damage. It starts to bump in and get some friction with the old retaliation ruling from a while ago. So I feel like we need more clarity. Do you agree with me or am I just you know out in the cold on this? So I'd have to go back and look because I think that's key to anytime you open your mouth is first go look at something, read the cards, read the relevant ruling somebody is citing, and then see what you think. But if I remember right, the retaliation, that was a while active. And it's kind of a weird thing because you're looking for when stuff leaves the field, not when stuff starts. So if that character... So I would maybe classify that as you KO all the stuff. Now you look and see for anyone who triggers from dice being KO'd. I think you would say reroll would be in that category as well. Like it doesn't reroll hasn't started until they actually are rolling, or is it um, like you start the ability, you play the thing, reroll everything? Does does does? I'm thinking Riddler here now. I'm something. I'm jumping all over the place now. I'm thinking, you know, where where does Riddler, Riddler fit in? Up all this? a whole can of worms. For Riddler, it would probably so that's based off of when something is rerolled. That is. If he was going to be re- re-rolled too, would he do his from, damage is the question. Well, I mean, that's going to be coming from a character ability. That's going to be coming from actions. That's from globals. Like so. if you played that, the one Infinity Gauntlet card that re-roll everybody, and he's out there, would he trigger first? Would his thing go in the queue? Or would he have to survive the re-roll for it to work? Yeah, that's a good question. And I mean, that's, that's honestly something that's for the rules for him, right? one that can be asked and answered. It's only referencing how two cards in particular interact. Mm-hmm. 
and you know that's maybe a good one to throw up there um, all right being as riddler is no longer modern i might take my uh, uh it's not going to matter this weekend so let's see what they say in the rules for yeah, i'm just i'm only trying to understand the finer yeah. mechanics here and i hopefully audience that that was helpful for you nick thank you for your time I, you've been very generous and uh, good luck this weekend well, thank you good luck to you all right, we're rolling here, and standing next to one of the proud success stories of the last, I don't know, two or three years now, the, we're next to the Mississippi crew, Ian, Charlie, yes, and Dwayne is over here. He's trading crazily with Craig at the moment, so we're going to get Ian and Charlie on mic for a couple of minutes. Tell us, I, I heard that you guys just pulled an aisle nighter driving through. Is that true, A, and then B, how was it? Uh, I mean, yeah, we, we drove through the night, but we, we slept in shifts. So, I mean, I don't know if, I don't know if any of us pulled a true all-nighter, but uh, it wasn't too bad. Um, Car sleep, though. Anybody, were you able to actually get some real sleep? Dwayne did. Dwayne laid down in the back, uh, acro- the across the back of the truck. I don't think Dwayne was awake the whole trip. He was awake the 30 minutes that he drove yeah. the car, yeah. He wanted to be the hero that got us here. It's back of the truck, so he was a truck, so you could actually lie down. Okay, that makes things a little bit better, I guess, right? Uh, for him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I got to ride in the back 30 minutes because somebody else gets car sick when he doesn't ride in the front or drive. So, but I didn't get to sleep in the back. So. <laughs> All right. Well, how was the drive? Other than that, I mean, uh, easy going through the night. No problems. Uh, no problems. I mean, the good thing about driving through the night is there's very little traffic on the roads. You got a few trucks that you got to deal with, but they're pretty good. So. You guys, have you ever been to Gen Con before? First time, second time, ever? We have never been to anything that's a convention like this before. Like, this is very much, we used to listen to the Doublers back in the day, and they would talk about Origins and a couple of the other different ones. We're like, man, we got to go, we got to go. And then everything started happening in Memphis, and we're like, okay, we don't need to go there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then when they popped up this year, we are like, let's go, let's see. And then we... We didn't really think it was going to happen. Like, we weren't sure the wives were going to be on board with it. And then we said something to them, like, yeah, go ahead. And we're like, let's book it. Hurry. Let's, let's get some rooms. Quickly put some money on this. Yeah. So, yeah. We, uh, this is our first time. Well, that's awesome. Uh, have you had a chance yet to look around and any impressions yet? Impressions that the very little that we've seen is uh, overwhelming. And we know we've only gotten a small taste of it. About yeah. to have some fun, I think. I think there's more people in this room than in our town. Yeah. I, that's the grid, grid word for it. Overwhelming. I, I use the word you like slew <laughs> In Irish, which means just like this horde of people, it's so big you can't kind of take it all in. But yeah. uh, the planning to get here, we were going through the book and looking at the maps of all the exhibits and going through like the 12 pages of, of places trying to figure out what we want to do. This isn't even a room, this is like a, a giant cavern, I don't, yeah, I don't, this I don't is know, like a terrarium <laughs> or something, a board game terrarium. <laughs> Overwhelming, I mean, that's the word for it. Well, have you had any chance to draft this set before? We just got done with the draft. I may ask you, what'd you guys draft? What'd you run? And and the follow-up question is, have you have you drafted this before? Uh, we drafted before, but kind of in our small group, and I think actually there was only three of us. I think it was more of a let's open everything quickly so we can figure out what we have to get here. So we played around with it a little bit, but not in a true draft. So yeah, this is I guess if you really want to get into it, probably our first real draft with it. And uh, I drafted a, a few that we needed. And then settled on as far as playing the common storm for the plus five attack. And then at my first game, I managed to pair that up with the rare Black Panther. Mr. Roll pulled that out, and it made it really hard for my opponent to field anything. But I couldn't quite push through for a win. I, I lost because of Bagburn. 
Oh, oh Bagburn cost you. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I was running the uh, super rare beast that uh, when you filled a level three character, re-roll something, and I had um, I think Supergirl that gives everything plus one plus one. So just a bunch of cheap characters and was able to clear enough to swing through. Oh, great. Were you able to fill enough level threes to do the? Do, uh, do, uh, I was rolling twos like crazy. Of course, of course, right? That's that's a, you, you invested. Did did you actually buy it? it so you had yeah, it. I had it on there. Didn't work. But that Captain Marvel did the trick for you, I'm sure, yeah. Captain Marvel, that's who it is, yeah. That's a solid card in draft. Any plus one, plus one in draft is always pretty pretty good. Yeah, I had her on there. I couldn't get her out in the first game. Or I would have been able to get through, but I just couldn't. They would block my – he had uh, Jimmy Woo where I can't target. And so a Black Panther was kind of not as effective as he should have been. And so I was just going to go well, through with sidekicks, and I couldn't get them. Jimmy Woo is, can't be targeted by global abilities, right? I think he can be targeted by opposing effects. Oh. Or something like that, yeah. He's actually pretty good that way, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think we had an instance where I actually bought Distraction. <laughs> Who does that, yeah. Well, I got to play it. Burn was the problem. <laughs> uh, even though he got to pick the targets because it was actually an opposing effect, it was still ruled that he couldn't be targeted. So it was. Oh, very nice. That Jimmy Woo would have really helped me. I was playing against Craig, and he leaned heavy into the uh, Thor core, and he had that uncommon uh, goddess of thunder who re-rolls people based on everything. And I had the thing, the uncommon thing, which, you know, prevents targeting except for him. And I finally got to him, and I got him, and every time he couldn't stick. Every single time he rolled about. So that, that, that little uh, Jimmy Woo, uh, it would have really helped. Yeah, I was playing Petrus, and he had, he had that thing also. So it was, he'd feel it and, like, just pin on the turn. Like, I, nothing was getting re-rolled. And then it, so sometimes I'd manage to get something out, and then other times he usually managed to keep three or four characters in the field. So... Did they rule that that thing prevented Black Panther from targeting? Because he doesn't Black Panther get around targeting. He ruled new definition of targeting. I don't know. He was ruling that as targeting because I think it was a selected number. I can't remember the wording that used on that, but he was ruling that as targeting. Yeah, it's one of those targeting is confusing now with the new ruling. So I've hated targeting from the beginning because it's all it's always I've never been able to wrap my head quite around it. Yeah, the Black Panther in particular is like, does that target or not? Maybe it does. It's kind of gray. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it was since it was a select number of dice, then it was considered targeting. I think was what he said. So I got Dwayne is now free. He's just done some major trading with most generous Craig Hubner. Dwayne, Dwayne, were you able to get what you wanted? First of all, we got a lot of what we didn't have, so that was good. Any standouts in particular that Craig was able to pass on to you? Not, not really. It's just more rares and uncommons that, that we didn't have. So we're still missing a few cards, but maybe tomorrow we can look up and get... That's one of the great benefits of coming to a thing like this is the horse trading that goes on, you know, after the draft, since that's really part of the fun, right? That's great, yeah. So uh, what'd you run today, and how, how'd it go for you in the draft? Oh, it sucks. <laughs> I played, ended up playing both the guys I came with, so... Oh, that's unfortunate, yeah. yeah. And then uh, I ended up losing both games, too, so... But they're they're more experienced, and uh, I get it. So well, fair enough, fair enough. Well, more importantly, you, did you did you walk away with any cards you wanted from just the drafting? I didn't. I don't know if they. You guys did, right? Yeah, I think that super rare beast is what we needed. Yeah, yeah that's a good card. Picked up a couple of rares that we were missing, so I managed to get some stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. Well, before I let you go, I should think any thoughts about tomorrow? Any worries? Anything keeping you up at night right now? Uh... <laughs> Damn, that's a. <laughs> Says the guy who brought Master Bowl. I, I, I don't know. We, I'm just so out of touch with everything. It's 
just hoping the dice don't fail me. I can handle a loss, but not a loss where nothing's rolling. You know, that, that's the frustrating part about stuff like this. Is there a difference between, I remember last year you ran out some really creative, cool teams. You ran an anti-monitor. I think you had, you were probably one of the first people that I saw really making use of that anti-monitor stuff. There's some supporting pieces to that. Yeah, I know you did a lot of playtesting last year. Is that correct to say? So do you feel less prepared this year than last year? What's, what's your feeling on that? Uh, I feel as far as knowing how to play my team, I feel pretty prepared there. I just, I'm not prepared on what I might be facing, I guess. I just hadn't really watched the meta and seen what's going on. Like, I, I know Master Mold's still strong, but I'm, I, I feel like what maybe Angela and Super Rare Thor are out there. And so I, I we, we haven't seen a whole lot of those. So I don't know if I'm quite ready for that. But I know how to play my team. I just don't know if I'm going to know how to play it against some of these other teams. I'm sorry. I definitely don't feel prepared. I haven't been prepared going into these last few worlds. I've just been traveling a lot. But I'm always excited to learn something. Somebody's going to teach me something who's bothered to, like, really show up and prepare for something. And that's always kind of interesting. So It's always interesting to see the way everybody else's, you know, their thoughts gel and form different teams and things like that. Just sit down across from, like, I never thought about putting those two together that way or figuring out that sequence so it's always that one it'll be fun to see if somebody pulls out some one card that oh wow that thing really does a trick you know yeah well it's interesting to see everybody's play styles and their personalities come out in these teams that you know we all know each other's personalities and can figure out how they're playing but it's gonna be interesting to see a card that we've seen before be played a totally different way than we've ever expected that definitely happens, and that's always cool, yeah. Yeah, that's that makes me wish we were able to be a little bit more active in the online community, just because I feel like we'd see more of that stuff. But, I mean, we, we're having fun, so. There's definitely something to be said to getting that kind of practice at the higher level, no doubt, you know. Any other worries, thoughts, concerns, or are you pretty much just going to roll what you brought, you know? I'm ready to play with people other than these. Ready to branch out some and, and see people that we saw last year and have already met up with again this year i think that's our other fear is you know we don't want to go the first two rounds playing two of the three you know that always happens i guaranteed lucan and i will be matched up that happened last year we were matched up first round at worlds it just was awful you know (laughs) i think i managed to avoid most of them on the day for worlds and nationals but then anytime we had a draft or we sat down and played what was a global escalation or something like that you know there we are facing off against each other totally agree that, that the biggest part of this is fun it's just like I'm, you guys i didn't know you three years ago now i know you you know it's like and it's always great to see you guys when i come in and and over the years there's people like craig hubner who i've now seen five or six or seven times he comes you know, when he comes to california he comes out so like i made friends from just doing this tournament circuit that you know i never would have expected when i started playing this game God, however long, many years ago it was now. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll see you tomorrow, guys. So it's Friday night before the big event. I've snuck into the bathroom to do a little sly recording on the side so as to not wake Lucan up. I finally kind of settled on a team that I think I want to run. Uh, it's a little tip of the cap to Ron Hopkins, Ronathan Hopkins. As some of you might know, he passed away suddenly this year, and uh, he was a good friend of ours and was a member of our scene. And I kind of, given that I don't have anything particular I want to play myself, I thought it might be nice to run something that Ron might have run. And he was a big proponent, one of the very first people to 
embrace rush fully and it's janky and it misfires but when it fires it goes off really well and it should be fun so we'll see i'm gonna run it i probably should be running it with master mold not just probably i definitely should be running it with master mold but that card hates me and i'm kind of sick of it so (laughs) i'm gonna try something else and i've got this eighth slot that i'm not sure about and i'm really not prepared for a master mold team which is Stupid on my part, but I'm here to have fun anyway. So we'll see how it goes tomorrow. All right, so it is Saturday morning, 5 of 10 now, actually. We're getting ready for the start of the World Championships, and I'm standing next to former world champion, Ben Said Scott Gomeleshko. You're going to show me up by recording some sound when I haven't recorded anything. I apologize, James. No problem. Well, here's your chance, and maybe I'll just share this with James, and then we call it, we call <laughs> it even. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, any thoughts as you're coming into the house? How's the con going for you, first of all, and then second of all... Uh, Anything keeping you up at night in terms of preparation and all that other stuff? I know you've been yeah. you've been burning a little bit in training. So. I have. I've been playing a lot uh, with Dana. Uh, thank you very much, Dana. Um, general Nemesis. And, yeah, he, he's very, he beats me all the time. It's very annoying. A couple of decisions I've made, but I made them before I traveled here. So I just bought 10 cards. I didn't want to have any kind of doubts about what I was bringing. Um, I guess... Not knowing, like, there's a bunch of unknowns here, right? Like, it's not like, last time I was here, it was, I kind of had a good feeling about what would be there with the Iceman being really strong. So I kind of knew I had Mimic Ramp to fall back on. The ramp here is really, like, global dependent. And that's scary because there's lots of ways to shut that down. And also, it benefits your opponent a lot. So you're thinking, like, uh, what, Pirate Broadcast, anything else? Or? Yeah, Pirate Broadcast is very annoying. Just in general, they get to use your globals as much as you do. So if they have hedged their bets as such. And that was like one of the things about the Master Mold team is like there's like six globals that are really useful in every game. So do you cut one of them? And then which one do you cut? I was tempted to cut the free-to-field global and hope my opponent has it. So yeah, stuff like that is just... Yep, yep. There's just not enough slots for all the worries. I know, I feel like I need an 11th slot. I haven't got a two-cost character, which bugs me a lot. Then you have the Mr. Sinister global which effectively is a two-cost thing to do. Yeah, yeah. So I'm assuming you're running Sinister then as a backup. I'm running all the globals, I think. Pretty much all the globals. So I was saying to you earlier, I'm glad you don't have Wrecker. I miss old Wrecker. I know, what a pain. (laughs) I mean, there is Lilandra, there is uh, Pip the Troll. Be interesting to see how many people run that. Yeah, I expect to see some Lilandras, maybe a Pip. Pip Pip possibly, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, I actually just switched my Dark Phoenix to the Uncommon. Because that KOs Shi'ar characters. Interesting. That's yeah, cool. As a, instead of the rare, because you don't buy it anyway, really. But it's another option to KO. I was thinking about actually buying it as an anti-master mold tech. Yeah. You know, with a force block, it can be mean, mean, mean. It, it can be. Then you have to run the force block. And then I had that for a little while. But again, it's just too many pieces. It just, yeah. Anyway, Gen Con in general is great. This is a massive vendor hall. A massive event hall. There's a Spider-Man hanging upside down. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, playing Dice Masters with you guys is always a lot of fun. And even if, yeah, no matter what happens, it's still going to be a good time. We'll see. Yeah, you know, you know, it's all so much of this is matchups and rolls. And then you realize, like, playtesting, of course. <laughs> yeah. It would be nice to have had done some of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, no, but that, the thing is, you playtest against the same person. And then yeah. I don't know what any of you guys are going to run. And then you run something completely, like, 
off the wall. Well, that's the weird thing is Lucan always runs off the wall stuff, so I'm never prepared for yeah. like the Amazing regular awesome. stuff. All right, well, uh, good luck. I'm going to grab a couple other people before we kick off here today. And James, I may be sending this your way. <laughs> All right, well, I'm with the Dynamic Duo here who had tickets last night to the WizKids fan events. We were, as usual, a dime short and a dollar late, as they say, to get any of those tickets. So any news to report? I mean, by the way, this is, of course, Jocelyn and Rob. Uh, any news to report from last night? Well, first off, what other Dynamic Duo is there, Arch? Uh, I think the, you are the Arch dynamic. and Lucan are the other Dynamic Duo. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so there there was some AV issues at the fan appreciation event, and the first 45 minutes turned into a Q&A while they tried to sort that out. So what I can tell you is that Dice Masters was not on the agenda, but he did kindly answer some questions. It was Jake, he's the VP of games, and he said that, quite candidly, that Dice Masters is not selling the way they'd like it to sell, that he knows there's been some attempts to to revitalize the game over the past couple of years, five years. Nothing's really been super successful. He'd like to see it revitalized, but there was really no other news aside from that at this point. He did mention in response to a question about House of X is that if it's solicited, they intend to sell it, that they're in conversation with their distributors right now around House of X. So I would expect that House of X will probably release. I don't know when. He didn't have any timelines for us. And that was basically it. So hopefully there will be more news in future. And then the rest of it was D&D Onslaught, board games, and Heroclix. Okay, well, that's actually better news than what we were hearing the day before. We got a lot of no comment. He did say one other thing, which is that he hopes to look at other IPs. Ah, interesting. Interesting. I wonder if there's a cost associated with doing the yeah. big guys. You know? I, I'm not sure. I mean, obviously, they work with them for Heroclix. They're also doing plenty of stuff with D&D, right? With D&D Onslaught and all of the minis they do. So maybe there's opportunity for D&D in future. I, I don't know. But I guess we'll see. It, it felt very depleting to me as a diehard Dice Masters player that we weren't even on the agenda. But I did appreciate James's candor. So, and I thanked him for that. Oh, it's certainly better than no comment, no comment. <laughs> yeah, but in the meantime, here we are. It's World's Day. Here we are, and we get to roll again and see some friendly faces and see how the dice land, so to speak. <laughs> you betcha. So, good luck, Arge. Yeah, likewise. Anything keeping you up last night in terms of team building? Did you do any shifting, or were you just locked in and loaded since you left Canada? I locked in and loaded. I brought product in case I changed my mind, but quite frankly, it's been a busy con, and I haven't had a lot of chance to think about it. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to play with what I practiced and let the dice fall the way they do. Good for you. All right. Well, thank you, Jocelyn, and thanks for the inside tips, so to speak. (laughs) I'm glad we had somebody in that room. As it turns out, actually, it sounds like the technical snafu worked out in our favor in terms of Dice Masters. Otherwise, we probably wouldn't have heard anything, right? Yeah, they might have done Q&A at the end. They've done that I was going to say, they've done that in the past in the grand total of one other event that I went to. But they might have done Q&A at the end. That's true. That's true. Okay, thank you. All right, we are finished with the Swiss of Worlds. And I'm standing here with one of our top four qualifiers, Mr. Ben Said Scott. Ben, how'd it go for you today? You had an interesting journey up and down the table here. So. Yeah. Well, the first round drew against Elliot because he's a very good control player and stalled me out a lot and it was very annoying. Well, speaking of that, well, can you take us, while well, we have Elliot here, let's walk down the okay, table. Okay. I wonder, can you guys, because I was watching a little bit of that game and it was a really interesting game. Ben, can you tell me, what what is your memory of the game between you and Elliot? I mean, Elliot was running that rare Angela that was causing people fits throughout the day. 
Yeah, I'm not sure it was me. I'm not sure he was stalling me out. Uh, it was me stalling him out. Basically, the f I think it was turn four, maybe he hit me for like eight damage with that Angela and a bunch of sidekicks. And I really just couldn't buy my mask mold, couldn't get on the front foot. So basically, just had to save energy to Sinister, hoped he missed Angela, keep carrying Angela with my deadly uh, Molecule Man, and just hope for the best. And I think I was down to two life. He was on like 13 life. It was the last turn and he misses Angela, so that meant I could use his distraction. The clever thing about the Angela is, because it's not affected by distraction, it can just still keep chipping away even if you save masks. So it's a really good, like, it's a really annoying team to play against. How, how did he stop you from, I mean, first tell me about your team, and then let's talk, tell me how he stopped you from getting Master Mold that first game. Well, so I have a Master Mold team with a bit, it's not quite as fast as a regular Master Mold team. It has like the Super Rare Mystique, to spin stuff out and the Lilandra, uh, which is like Jinzo to control. So because I knew I was gonna be controlled a lot, I wanted to get some of my own, but stopping along that way means you have to keep saving energy to turn off his pirate broadcast. So you can use your Mr. Sinister to keep that energy up. I needed to keep getting sidekicks in the field because he had like a wall of stuff. So I kept needing to block basically. So all my energy was going into Mr. Sinistering every time so I could get characters to block his aggro. So there must have been some back and forth on turning off pirate broadcasts and not turning off. So you were just investing every turn turning off pirate broadcasts. Did you get ahead on the pirate broadcast battle? Yeah, basically I got ahead on that, but it was okay for Elliot really because all that meant was I was doing spending it on that and then spending all my energy on Mr. Sinister. He didn't need to worry about distraction, which is where he has an advantage. I do need to worry about distraction. So if I'm spending all my energy turning off broadcast, he still gets distraction, so I can't hit him back, basically. So yeah, that's that's what the clever thing is about that Angela. It kind of avoids the distraction. So the, basically, you were able to get that draw by kind of stalling out and then getting lucky that he didn't roll that Angela in the last. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Okay, well that's Elliot and Ben's game. So that was round one, and you were 0-0-1 at that point. So how did you climb your way back up the board again? Um, <laughs> when, I played, when I played against Lucan, uh -huh. well, I'm sure you'll talk about your, your ace in the hole, both of you. The okay. thing that was going to stop Master Mold from fielding all the tokens. We didn't think that it was the ace in the hole against Master Mold. It, it could, we thought it could stall Master Mold, but it wasn't a good matchup by any means. We, we, it was mostly there for Thor or for those Deathbird KO teams. I thought those would be a lot more popular than they mm. were. My ace in the hole would have been that uh, uncommon Phoenix Force Cyclops, but I was just a step behind. So, you know, with, with Master Mold, I can't even blame, as I was just saying earlier today to Ben, I can't even hold it against my dice. It's not like they behaved particularly poorly, yeah. right? It's just his dice turned. I can't resent his dice for that any more than I can resent my dice. Me too. He, play, he played it right, but it was a four or five turn game, you know? The interesting thing, actually, I don't think it helped Lucan that he was sat next to me and Elliot playing that game. Because that game, I played a complete control game against Elliot. So Lucan was like, okay, he's probably going to go a little bit slower. I probably have time to go for Black Panther, stop him, me from getting Mystique and Lander out. But conversely, I had sat next to him and Petrus and watched Petrus basically just buy Master Mold and hit him as fast as possible. Right. So I was like, well, I'll just do the same thing. Yeah, that's not, that's not fun at all. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I got hit by Petrus that way too. And, you know, is there, is there certain... Like, we just didn't want to play Master Mold. We, you know, I had it out. I was like, I, I, I don't like this card. So I took it out. And I, and I haven't practiced that much, so it's, I'm mercifully... Too, we're both mercifully two and two. We can go and see the rest of the commission. But... You know, we both went had that. Like I went for that Dark Phoenix, but it just requires a lot of luck, and it you just get so heavy. You don't have then you have no blockers, so you're just counting on them not rolling. That's one of the interesting things about being next to each other as opposed to online tournaments. You do get that like, oh, they're playing this. 
maybe I can start thinking about what I'll do against them. Yeah. You get a little bit of more meta stuff than you do online, for example. It's really interesting, yeah. So you beat Lucan, and then uh, where were you? Where'd you go next? Jocelyn, who was also running a Master Mold team. And my team's pretty set up to do well against Master Mold, particularly when Jocelyn, basically her first three turns didn't go like anywhere near good. It went bad, all three of the opening turns. Like she couldn't prep enough stuff on her first turn to miss Sinister properly. She missed Poison Ivy a bunch. She couldn't buy Master Mold turn two, which is kind of a killer against other Master Mold teams. She put me on the back foot by buying a Villainous Pact really early, which I wasn't really expecting. And the good thing about Master Mold is he can come out of nowhere and you suddenly get three tokens on the field of Master Mold and swing through. So I had to kind of guard against that. But against Jocelyn, I was basically always ahead. So She also had Distraction on her team too. So that gave you a little bit of breathing room considering you yeah. had like Mystique, which is masks and other well, things, it's right? In, it's interesting because she had, because we had very similar Mr. Sinister Global, Prep Globals, her pirate broadcast was there to specifically turn off Distraction for herself. And I could do it then, converse the same thing against her. Against her, yeah. It was, became a double-edged sword. Yeah, that's interesting. So what was your buyout order out of curiosity? When she whiffed, did you go into Lalandra first, or did you just pedal the metal on Master? Yeah, I have, like, well, I have very specific buy orders depending on what I'm playing against. Obviously, three-turn theory. But I basically try to buy, Ma if I'm going first, I buy Master Mold turn three, and will buy one of Molecule Man, Mr. Fantastic, or Mystique, depending on what my opponent has. And then if I go second, I'll buy Master Mold turn two and prep it. So I went second, got Master Mold turn two, prepped it, had it out turn three, and was just hitting her. Okay, that's pretty mean, yeah. yeah. So, all right, so that was Jocelyn. And then the last of your... Uh... Petrus, who is three and up. Petrus is only three and O player at that point because of ties. Played Petrus, he had a straight Master Mold team, very similar to what was run last Worlds. Uh, with Deacon as kind of the defensive piece. Double taunt was, was the Double bit. one's interesting as well, yeah. But um, against him, Mr. Fantastic's just a very good... The rare Mr. Fantastic is kind of the piece I've most been trying to hide in testing because we found it's really good in the mirror match. Yep, just two tokens, goodbye. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he, he got his Master Mold perfectly, got that set up really quickly, uh, and then I just had Mr. Fantastic, and I kept carrying his tokens. I managed to get Lilander out, then he had to keep burning himself. Yeah, yeah, so he's down, 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 down. I right. couldn't ever reach for Master Mold, but he had to pay so much life. I just bought a Villainous Pact anyway. She's so strong. Lilandra, right. and you know, if, when people are d depending on Sinister, or just, well, you know, in all the, globals. The you crazy know. thing about her as well is she has a five attack on top level. So if I got her and Molecule Man both with five attack, I need less tokens. I don't need any tokens. So yeah, just had to wait until he got into a position where I could KO him. Interesting. Okay, well, that's cool. So so into the final four. Who, yeah. who else is with you right now? Do you know? I think it's going to be probably... Petrus. It's Petrus, Mike, Ben, and Dwayne. That's right. Yeah, I played... I, I had the... <laughs> unlucky pleasure of play. I, I say unlucky. I had the I had the pleasure, but the dubious pleasure of having to play three of those guys. I played Dwayne. I played Mike, and I played Petrus. Uh, what's Mike running? Mike's running kind of an off meta thing. You'll, it's pretty interesting. You'll see. You'll see. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's running off. He's from our crew. So he's from our crew. Okay. Yeah. Right. Mike's Mike's a good guy. But it's it's interesting. I think everybody's got has done their own thing. Well, some of the stuff is just master mold, you know, yeah. hammer, hammer, hammer. But you know, nice, nice tools. Everybody's got a little bit of different tools, which Dwayne's is kind of cool. Dwayne's running a very classic, ma thing. classic master mold thing. Uh, you know, I made a game with it uh, with him. We had an interesting game. Probably came down to like if he rolls, 
you know, it was just he he hit his roll, hit he all his rolls. Cleanly, uh, he rolled him cleanly every time. I needed to miss just once, and then that's, I would have been go. I had all the pieces I needed to really hit back hard yeah, in that that's game. That's just but. how our teams go, though, right? Because yeah. like, if I can wall up with Phoenix Force Cyclops, I can make the game go long. It's either a draw. And then a coin toss if it's not a draw or a win. But if, he, if they get their first two Master Molds, in turn four, I'm dead. Coming up in 14th place, working up, we have Craig Hubner. Woo, Craig! I'm the first name on the list. Yeah, you're, you're first. On the list. 13, Scott Tomlinson. 12, Alexander Coons. 11, Jocelyn. 11, Elliot. 10, Charles. 9, Robert. 8, Lucan. And right above that in 7 is Arge. Some things are still proper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, was that alphabetical? Alright, 6, Ian. Or wait, 5, Ian. Ian's next. And then we get to the top 4 with Michael in 4th. Right on, Mike. Woo! Enough said. Running not master mold. Third is Petrus. Second, Dwayne. And first is Ben at the end of Swiss. Which means when we start the top four, it will be Ben versus Michael, Dwayne versus Petrus. So your matchup against Mike. Well, that'll be an interesting game. It'll be we'll fun to, to see. You we'll know? have to look up online with the team. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now I'm standing next to our... Canadian finalists, well, semi-final, your top four now. Yes. Uh, Petrus, tell us tell us about your journey on the table today. You were undefeated going in against Ben yes. right up to the very end. So yes. what's your journey? Um, I had the Master Mold team, and mine was more aggressive, and I was more afraid of pirate broadcast because I wanted to make sure that I remove things off of their board as much as possible and as quickly as possible. And if I take 10 damage, I'm okay with that. I just keep on swinging in, and my Master Mold will generate more than enough tokens to actually overthrow it. But in the last game with Ben, I took way too much more damage from Lalandra than I wanted to. I'm always usually bad at that. First, talk me through your team a little bit and like how you play it, uh, just out of curiosity. So, so my, my basically, my first thing is I have all the globals. Everything is a global, pretty much. And uh, my first purchase it's actually not a purchase it's actually my only purchase is master mold generally so you've got wolverine wolverine packed you've got wolverine and pack yes you've got uh mr sinister mr sinister two taunt globals you've got slingers on the basic action and, and dr strange and dr strange so we were talking at the table and we were saying why did you consider possibly having a bolt taunt like the doomsday because he could ko somebody too but why strange as opposed to doomsday or was you just didn't think about it Doctor Strange is there because of another team I was running, and it just had to be there. Okay. Um, and it was—it uses masks. Everything uses masks. Okay, well that's easy. Do you, did you have masks? Any other mask generating things though, or? No, not really. But I—I I think I just generated more masks than usual. Like I kept rolling masks, so. It never was really an issue for me. Definitely in our game, you had no. I had mask shortage today. I couldn't get my mask when I really needed them. Yeah. So, tell us about your journey. So, you went uh, first. You who did you play out? We were round three, but round uh, three. The first one uh, was Lucan. Hi. Yes, <laughs> and I was more afraid of the the Phoenix Force, but I took so much damage from that. I was like, I don't know if I don't roll Master Mold, then I'm dead. So, so you took two ten damage from Phoenix Force. Yeah. Yes, exactly. 
so he made he force blocked those two. So and they both have to they both have to attack. And so I was just watching of what he was buying to make sure that my purchases next were um, in line. But mostly it was just trying to cycle master mode as much as possible. There were, to my recollection, there were no next purchases. It was just master mold. It was that was a four turn game, Petrus. It was uh, it was just master mold, and then go through that bag really fast and master mold again. And it was, I'd say, it took only a little bit of luck. It didn't take a whole lot of luck. Yeah. Only like 60th percentile to, um, I'd say, with the Phoenix Force Cyclops, you get did about. You not, 50, did you not have odds. enough mass to do the full kill, or no? Well, he didn't have enough things out for me to get the full kill, um, but. If he had, I would have done it, right? But he didn't. Because yeah, your team does have a lot of masks. So it's interesting. Your it, team yeah. actually is one of the few that has a couple of tools that can be counter to Master Mold. If, if you can get it out fast enough. Yeah, and if but they, that was you know. the issue both times, right? I need to, I, it's not fast enough on its own. I need to buy one tempo by you not rolling your Master Mold. And it only takes, you know, 50% luck to get it the first two times, which is a very ordinary amount of luck to have, right? So it's that's why I say it's a coin toss and then minus 10% because I have to roll my stuff too. I also want to point out that my master roll both roll on level 3. Taking 8 damage at it's first, hurt. it hurts. It hurts. It's, it's, and then there's yeah. also, you roll 2 sidekicks with it the second time, which is what pushes you over the edge. Yeah, it hurts. It, yeah, the card is sick broken, but it, here it is. It's legal, so we're playing it. Um, so, okay, so there's not much to talk about our game. You just stopped me. And then... <laughs> the second game was against Alex. He was running a Fantastic Four team, and I was buying Master Mold, but my first turn I bought, because the energy didn't go through, I bought Typhoid Mary instead. Oh, interesting. And who'd you Typhoid when she... Did she ever come out? Drax. So he bought Drax the first. She, okay, she did great. come out, and I, I blanked his Drax. Interesting. So there was a little counterplay. It wasn't just do the one thing over and over again. I like that. Um, okay, great. Then it was buying Master Mold after that, and then my Master Mold wasn't rolling, enough so I bought a second one and then I was just like okay well I'm generating so much energy and like my board is like big enough so then both of them rolled on level two and level one well we have to say hats off to Alex but what we're at this point he was running the super rare fantastic four team with super rare black panther and to his credit he pulled it off today so shout out to Alex if he's here I don't see him I'd love to talk to him I think he's the first one in an official tournament to pull off an alternate win con which is cool Lucan is also running a Fantastic Four team but he's running it's, his is based around the rare Molecule Man well it's really based around Molecule Man yeah, yeah rare Molecule Man is the, is the win condition on the team alright so then we played you and I played and you just curb stomped me and then we had you matched up against Ben so walk me through that game because I wasn't really following so I got my Mastro Mold out then he got his Mr. Fantastic the level 3 uncommon which whenever he fields it I have to choose an affiliation so he'll always KO my either sidekick or my tokens because the tokens don't have an affiliation so yes right so it's a really good Master Mold counter piece for sure did he he never got his he never uh, got his Master Mold because he didn't have enough energy to get there because he was always short because I was pushing and pushing and I even bought two Master Moles at one, the second one because I just had so much energy and eventually I blanked I got Typhoid Mary and blanked his Lalandra 
Oh, interesting. So how, how close was the game? Was it on the edge? He was at three or four life left because he kept bag burning himself. He kept taking one or two, and then he took like eight from my Master Mold and like some other damage. Too. I think twice from Master Mold. And um, you had two taunts on your team. Uh, did you, when you got Landra out, was that ever an issue that she would just get taunted off? No. I, I don't really mind if she gets taunted off. It's just, it's more for like a, actually, Typhoid Mary's mainly for Deken, to be honest. It was actually only there to stop Deken because I was more afraid of Deken because I couldn't get around that. And I didn't know there's another way to get around that. So that was my only hope. Mutation. Mutation is the best way around Deken. I love it. <laughs> you obviously have built a really clean, running, efficient team. How much practicing have you been doing leading up to all of this? And stuff? Uh, I was actually practicing. Well, I was practicing as much as I can, but I was actually, I had another team that was going to, I actually was going to play Master Mold, but I, one of the judges at, at our store, Shaheen, like I practiced with him and I was practicing both Master Mold and the Invisible Woman team that I was playing. And I think that would probably have done much better because I was, I was more geared towards that team than Master Mold because I was just like, I don't know, I'm kind of bored of Master Mold, really. Yeah, that's what we were like at. But it is what it is. So what do you think you're thinking about as you're getting ready for the top four now? Uh, you're playing, I believe you're playing Dwayne, right? Okay, so what's your, what's your thought process now as you're setting yourself up for this top five final? This is an, another 50 minutes turn five at the end of it all it's more like depending on what his team is i don't i've never actually seen his team i know he's run master mold but i don't know what level of degree because is it more aggressive than mine or is it more control um i think it is more controlled from what i saw because the board state was usually controlly but yeah it's it's more like if i can get my master mold faster than he can or if he if he can then so you're thinking it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a coin flip and who gets rolls? Is that Exactly. Who gets the rolls and who else gets their mass molds first? Yeah. That was the thing that killed me the last two times. I both against both my mass roll teams against you and Dwayne. I lost the roll-off, and I really needed to win that roll-off to have a hope, any hope. But that's the way it is. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, thank Good luck, and uh, we'll interview you again as you progress along. Oh, thank you. All right. Thanks, Beatrice. So, standing here after the dust has settled, Luke and I we didn't want to see Master Mold teams. I saw, out of four games, I saw three of them. I beat one of them, nearly beat another one, got curb stopped by a third. Luke, how'd it go for you? Yeah, I think as I kind of alluded to earlier with Master Mold, I'd say I have about 40, 60 odds at victory. Unfortunately, that coin toss didn't go my way the first two games. My first, There were only five Master Molds here, but I played two of them in the first two rounds, and that was against Petrus and Ben, who both ended up in the top cut. And then the last two games, my team, is it, it kind of smokes anything that isn't Master Mold because it just slows the game down to a crawl, and I can control everything. The board state, I can turn off your pieces. If I don't like them, you can't remove because I remove everything first. But it does take, I'd say, probably one or two turns longer than Master Mold to get to that point, which is why against Master Mold, it's a coin toss. Will you roll it the second time? If you miss it even once, I have the time I need. But... That wasn't great, but I was running a Fantastic Four team with the common Invisible Woman and Molecule Man really as the win condition, and then I was using Mr. Fantastic Super Rare for ramp and Rare Black Panther as my default against any Deathbird KO team or any Thor teams that I would run into because it just slows things down so, so much. All right, so in your game against Elliot, you were able to pull off your trick. Can you, because that looked like a good game. He had you kind of on the back foot for most of the game. He did, he did. It was, I, I opened very weak against Elliot. 
I could not roll sidekicks to save my life. And when and I play a very global thin team, not usually consistent with my playstyle. I usually load up on globals, not this year. But the, the Elliot wasn't running any globals wasn't either. Running globals either. We were both being global aesthetics, right? And so, anyways, but then I so I bought a bunch of invisible women and Mr. Fantastic to hope to get my engine started, but none of them were rolling. None of them. Of the five dice that I purchased in the early game, only one invisible woman came out. The rest and the Mr. Fantastic just whiffed and whiffed and whiffed. So I was just huge smashing through my bag as fast as possible, try to recover. And he was, in the meantime, he was just infiltrate, infiltrate, infiltrate. So every turn, I'm like, darn, we've got five turns left, four turns, three turns, right, until I reach zero because he just keeps on infiltrating all my stuff. But then at the end, I was able to get all my uh, invisible women set up, and then I got Mr. Fantastic, which basically allows me to just buy whatever I want when I have so many Fantastic Four dice in the field, buy whatever I want and roll it on the same turn. So I bought the Molecule Man, rolled it on the same turn. That team can, when you go against it, part of the reason it's good is because people people can understand that Molecule Man is a win condition. They can be like, when that card hits the table, I have to save energy. What they don't understand is that Mr. Fantastic can, in 50% of cases, equal Molecule Man if I play my cards right. You have to assume when Mr. Fantastic hits the table that you are going to die that very same turn. And you hit him for how much? 18, right? And he had 17 life at the time. Yep, that was that. Well, that's cool. Elliot's a cool cool guy, and I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. glad you got to play him because that was a cool team, too. It really. A, it was a really cool team, and we saw it do very well in Dice Fight XL. It's a hard counter to Master Mold, but with the time limits that we have imposed here, it's hard to win with it. it. You can go to time pretty easy, but I I think he went to time in a lot of his games, but it's a little bit harder to to win outright. And now I'm going to take this machine from you, and I'm going to point it at you, because we don't know anything about your team or your experience. We'll do that later, because they're just getting ready to start. All right, we're here right after the semifinal, a top four between Mike Schatz from our local scene, Nuff Said, and Ben Said Scott over in England. And they just had an excellent three-game match and ultimately came down to a couple of rolls in the middle, but it was an interesting matchup. So, Ben, let's, let's, let's talk to you first. We just, just finished it. I want to get you hot off the press, so to speak. Uh, yeah, wow. Uh, Mike's team, Michael's team is very, very interesting. Unexpected, and I just felt like he was always rolling sidekicks. And that second game, I definitely like just... It was weird, the story like, gets in your head. Because you don't want to leave two sidekicks. But you also... So I felt... So the longer the games went on, the more comfortable I felt. But even in the third game, like the first four or five turns, I was like, I just need to survive this roll. I just need to survive this roll. Once you get the Master Mode in the field and you get the tokens, it's very hard for him to get around the tokens. Before we go on with this, because I, I, I appreciate all the, the, the subtleties that are going on here, but I don't think people know what Mike's team is yet. So, Mike, tell us about your team. We, I know we playtested with you a little bit before you came here, so we've seen it, but tell everybody else. Uh, yes, so my team is what I could put together since I do not own a Master Mold. I knew it was the meta. I knew it was the main thing to look out for. So I was trying to come up with something that I had the cards for that I could potentially beat a Master Mold. I knew it was going to be a challenge, so very much like the last time at Worlds, I was building something that could work quickly. So my team revolves around Starro and Frontline. You know, people love to get the sidekicks out of the out into the field so their bag's not clogged, and also their chump blockers, which is great. And I wanted to use that to my advantage. So Starro, you know, when it attacks, takes two of your opponent's sidekicks. You can have multiple of those, so you can do insane amounts of damage. 
and the supporting things help me get sidekicks when people don't want to field them, like Falcon, the global, I feel the sidekick, my opponent feels the sidekick. Well, that's two extra attackers for me. So yeah, that's how my team kind of revolved around that. Tell me how the games went here, and your estimation. Game one did not go well for me, but game two, I got exactly what I needed, won super quickly. Game three was close. It was a nail-biter. I felt like, okay, if this roll goes well, I have it. And it was always just not enough. It was close, but just not enough. And I think there was one time you missed front line where you had it, and it just it missed, right? I, I didn't have any uh, dice in my use pile to get the extra sidekick. It was close. I, and I was like, if I had to die there, I had it, but I didn't. There was nothing in the use pile. Got it. Interesting. Okay, well, let's get Ben's take on it. So, Ben, what was your take on these three games? When you sat down and looked across, what, 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 what shocked you about Mike's team? Well, because I thought it was going to be a rush anti-monitor thing, and it was rush, but it wasn't in terms of the ability. Just It was as quick as possible, hit you as hard. One rush Starro. Starro front line, yeah. And the Starro gets in your head because... It kind of really works well against Sinister as a combo piece because you don't want a Sinister. So you're like, how can I get around that? And yeah, you just need to kind of set up enough of a presence so that he can't hit you with that front line. So talk me through the three games because they were different flavors, all three of them. First game probably didn't do me any favors in that like the first game went so smoothly for me. I sort of saw what he was going to do, but I got Master Mold out so quickly and so many tokens out that it was kind of like, Okay, this is going to be fine. All right. I'll win even without buying Villainous Pact. The second game, I just couldn't reach for the Master Mold. So I was like, can I buy Mr. Fantastic to clear some of his sidekicks? The Pirate Broadcast really messes with your head because he just needs the front line and Starro. He doesn't really need to buy, he doesn't really need to mess around with buying anything too expensive. So, so he was able to bum rush you and turn yeah, on the second I game. Of, yeah. I kept carrying my sidekicks being like, I can't leave those in the field because they're extra damage. So it just so happened that he got enough psychics out at second game. It was just a blitz from him. Were there any moments during the game where you were having like, you know, those forks in the road where you were making decisions? I saw you really pondering which dice do I want to buy. I saw you look at Lalandra once. Yeah. I saw you look at Fantastic a couple times. And then I saw you look at Starro. And then also we should mention that Mike brought Pirate Broadcast on this team. So that was really mucking up the works a lot. That was yours. There's a lot of jimmying back and forth between the two of you. I mean, the other thing is the turns are so fast. Like both of us were just doing turns really, really fast. So it wasn't kind of controlly. So it was really confusing about when Pirate Broadcast was turned off or not. It was almost like a chess, like, hit the clock, I'm done, go, 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 go. But I forgot when Pirate Broadcast was on, when it was off. I messed up a a turn where he got to turn it off when I had some psychics and still use them so I couldn't sinister which is unlike me. I don't like doing that. That that threw me off game two, for sure. Let me ask you one thing, because your team is really elegant. One thing I really like about that's going on your team is I'm just looking at your board right now. I really love the Mystique removal. Such a good card, you know, Mm -hmm. especially with Master Mold. Because he's a villain, you want to keep refielding him over and over again. You're just taking off any possible control piece on the other side, because most of the people aren't going to be shrieking or, or typhoiding, you know, Mystique. But... You do have Slingers on here, and Mystique has such a weak attack. Was that ever a concern for you about putting her out and just getting her taunted off, or what was your thought there? I mean, a little bit. I mean, if I was going to take one of them off, I'd probably take Slingers off. The thing is, against Marsmold generally, the opponent's team is on the back foot, so they don't want to force Mystique to attack because then they're wasting energy when they could be doing it to Sinister or try and defend against Marsmold. 
but she works really well against the control team that has a bunch of stuff. I mean, it actually worked really well against Michael's aggro team because he had so many psychics, I didn't spin them out. Yeah, quite. it was interesting because in, in the game two, he was able to pull her out. Yeah. But the other two games, she worked great for you. But so. that's why, and that's why I didn't go for Fantastic and Lelandra ultimately because I didn't think Lelandra was, it wouldn't have been any good really, but that's my kind of go-to control piece. Uh, Mr. Fantastic would have been good against psychics, but it wasn't a villain. So I went for the Molecule Man instead. Because it is a villain, it is deadly. I can make be forced Starry to attack into it, get rid of it that way. It was just an extra body I could get into the field quickly, basically. Because that was helpful for sure. The Mystique, yeah, the, it, it's basically Master Mold team, but I played Master Mold versus Master Mold so many times that it kind of felt like I needed a bit more control, some variance. This can still do the Master Mold rushy stuff. Yeah, if you have to. If you have yeah. to bum rush, you can. Yeah. Against teams that could theoretically, like Elliot's team, it was slowing my team down. It was nice to have the pivot pieces of the Mystique control because that removes during your turn, meaning you can like spin down a Drax, get something out in the field that turn. Yeah, and, and the taunt did come in handy. Mike had that finally got his Drax in the field, and you were able to just yeah. pull it right out. That that was. That's the thing with it. So he yeah, he was able to taunt my Mystique. Mm -hmm. I'll trade the Mystique going for the Drax. For the Drax yeah, do you regret buying the Drax in, in retrospect now? I, I needed to do something and because he was going to get his Master Mold again, so I don't regret that. I was going to be a character who was going to be taunted. At that point, it was really down to luck, in my estimate. Uh, I would agree with that decision, because at that point, Sorrow. Ben had already taunted off so many sidekicks. He had two stars in a front line. If you were going to win, it was because you had a crazy roll, and Ben whiffed at that point. So I thought the Drax was a good safety measure that could at least capitalize and ensure the victory if Ben did whiff enough. Yeah, interesting. These are interesting piloting decisions when you come up in this. The way so. Michael was playing it meant that the longer the game went on, the more screwed you are, basically. Yeah, if it, if it goes a long game, you lose. Inevitability is on Ben's side, for sure. Because you have, you could theoretically go into a long game against it. a control team. I against Marsmore, maybe, but another control team that's oh. stopping your star front line. So, in my Swiss games, there are uh, almost every, yeah, every single card except for Anti-Monitor came into play during the Swiss rounds. I needed everything because I only played one Master Mold team and I played it exactly the way I did with you, and I lucked out, and I, I was able to win. The other games, I was going against some other teams, and I needed Mystique, and then getting my spots out, rolling out their field because they were getting too many characters. I think round two was uh, was banking on Rocket Raccoon Rush to get more dice because their, their teams were so differently built. So I'm very happy with the team. Uh, I know that it was requiring some luck, and I got really close, and I'm proud of it. Congratulations, guys. You guys, it was interesting matches to watch you guys play it, and it's fun to see extremely contrasting. Well, they're not extremely contrasting. I mean, both of these are pretty aggressive teams know, in a lot of ways. I mean, but it's more aggressive than Massimo. It is actually more aggressive. It yeah. is actually, if, yep. if everything hits, it can bum rush you bad. But they it. both have a similar look to them. They're aggressive with control built in in the background if you need it. Nice Ultimately, I think just Master Mold more consistent, yeah. probably, you know. Over three games, yeah, consistency. Yeah. Yep. All right, well, thanks, guys, uh, and uh, congratulations to you, Ben, and congratulations to you, Mike. And Thank you. I'm we'll see. We're I'm, Right now, Petrus and Dwayne are locked in, like, the longest game of ever. I think they're still on their first game, I think. It's game two now. Okay, sorry, just went to game two. Here's Dwayne has won the first game. Looks like Petrus is sitting on shields on his master mold, so it doesn't look good for him. But though I don't think Dwayne has his master mold. Oh, there he did. Did he roll it? No, he rolled the shield. 
So there was some question about what the prize support was, and uh, I am here first-hand witnessing it right now. We've got three uh, display cases of Secret Wars for the, the second through fourth place finisher, and then there's a factory set for the winner, and uh, a nice new plaque, too, for the World Championship, so that's all at stake. Okay, so Petrus and Dwayne just finished 2-2. Two, two. Dwayne won the first game. Petrus won a hard slugfest back in the second game. We're pretty much at the end of the 50 minutes now, so now we're in that dreaded five-turn just... So we're here looking up the rules. I'm standing next to Jocelyn right now because Dwayne and Petrus are getting ready to go into that five-turn with turn zero, sudden death. Talk about just the luck of the rolls. This is one of those times where you hope you've developed your team to be able to handle okay. something like this. So I'm reading this live urge, and we have in rule in the tournament rules from 2017, which is the most recent updated tournament rules, it says in, in 1.2.1, matches may consist of one or three games. For matches that are best of three, the player who wins the most games within the time limit is considered the winner. However, we went, if within the time limit, we have a tie. So now we have to continue, and it doesn't say anything else in that rule section. Okay. So continue vamping. Arch. Okay. So that's where we are. Right now, it's basically whoever is ahead in life after the turn five is done is the winner. However, I remember there being some special asterisks if, it, if it's tied after that. So here it is. It's not in those tournament rules. So players do randomize after a tie. Who goes first after a tie? So we will randomize this since it has been brought to a tie at time. And then whoever wins the roll-off will decide who goes first. Okay. At the end of that, whoever has the highest life will win. If it is still tied, what I am going to say for this one, since we can't define definitive, is after that is just first damage. First point of damage, we'll take it and just end. Okay, so we just finished. Very interesting. Dwayne went first. I think Petrus won the roll-off. Chose to go second. Dwayne went first, rolled three sidekicks out of the gate. He seemed unhappy with it at first, but it turned out it worked well for him because he was able to pick up his master mold on turn three. He was fortunate to pull it. It whiffed, but he still had three sidekicks. He went stuck through for one damage. Even though Petrus was able to roll his master mold, thanks to Sinister, he could have bug out the blockers back. So actually going first was an advantage in that thing. Interesting to watch, like little strategies. Going first was actually helpful. Did you see that, Ben? I don't know. And a nice little sidekick push as well. Yeah, it was just one damage was the difference. Oh, yeah, 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 like, Sinister to get his blockers back. So that's really it. interesting both of them chose to go in master mold. I'm not sure. Yeah, I it's, think. It's too tempting, right? You can get out of turn three. It sure is. But then at the same time, I, I saw it like Dwayne looked disappointed. He rolled three sidekicks. And I was no, like, that was a bad. god roll yeah, <laughs> yeah. in this thing, yeah. you know? No to psychics, but also on his second that he rolled, he missed Master Mold, which yeah. actually gives him enough blockers. Enough blockers that saved him, actually. Right. So it was I interesting. If I was him to maybe go Vulcan. Yeah, the Vulcan, which would have. Yeah, would have just reduced everybody. That's actually I'm really not cool. I'm that because I might play him in the final. We might yeah. do this again. No, it's really a smart move. Yeah, that actually, because that would have been. But don't tell him. Petrus, can we get you on the mic here? Or did you just finished here? Was that 
tough fight. For I was watching you guys, and it looked like that first game went on forever. Tell yeah. me, first of all, what happened between you two guys. Okay, so he got his Master Mold first in the first game. He got his Master Mold out very quickly. Then I didn't draw my Master Mold, so it was my bag. And then I missed him, so then I was behind in turn. So, so did you go to can at that point, or what did you do? I, I tried to stall as much as I can. He was still at 20, and I was like down to like 14 health. Then I had to buy Deken. Once you start buying Deken, you're kind of like slower. Then I got him down to like 15 and then 7 after getting my Master Mold out. I remember him buying Locked in Combat, which is... Can you read that to us? uh, Locked in Combat is target a character die from each player's field zone and set them aside until the end of turn. Then return them at the end of the previous level. When they return to the field zone, deal each two damage. So Master Mold tokens go away, right? Exactly. But he would target his his psychic where they would die. But it was just basically getting rid of the tokens. Interesting. That's a cool play. I like that. But then he also bought Vilnius Pact. And then at the end, he basically had all three and rolled all three. And what happened to Deken? Was he just gone or did he get stuck somewhere in your bag or something? No, he was still here, but he had Typhoid Mary. So you had Typhoid Mary, Villainous Pact, and Locked in Combat. And you couldn't taunt his Typhoid about that point, you know, even with your double taunt? No, the double taunting doesn't really matter because he had all, he filled all three of them oh. in that one turn. So then, okay, got it. Well, it was a one, one, two, three, bam, bam, bam combo. Yeah. Right. Yep. Well, that's then, pretty cool. Okay, so that was turn. That was game one. So it sounds like Duane really piloted that that well. And he also got some, yes. some luck rolls. So what happened? to So game two, then you were there's not a lot of clock left after that oh huge. God, like, that's, yeah, so. a, that's very rare. I'd go turns. So I had the last turn, and he was at twenty health. I basically had to stall enough to do twenty damage, which I did twenty four. And that was right at time. That was and right that was at the right fifty minutes. Right? Yeah. And so then we had this, you know, the crazy, the thing I hate the most is when you come to this. So tell us what happened. I, the way I saw it, it was like the gods giving you blessings and not realizing you're getting blessings sometimes. It seemed like, you know, Dwayne, like what it looked like was bad rolls turned out to be the difference. Talk, talk us through that. Yeah, it was basically like zero, one, two, three, four, five, And whoever does the most damage, like wins. And he just swung in with one psychic. And well, if my memory serves me quick, Dwayne, is this correct? You rolled three sidekicks. On your first roll. And you looked like you were disappointed at first. I was disappointed, but it worked out in the end. It turned out to be a blessing in disguise, right? Yeah, it did. Okay, so that was turn zero. Then turn one. I'm always interested, because this is a a topic of piloting we never talk about. Nobody ever practices it, and it turns out to be critical at these moments. Like, you you won the roll-off, and you decided to go second. Talk to me about your thought process, and do you think that maybe that... In retrospect, might have not been the best. What do you? I don't, I'm not sure. I I I don't know. I am wondering. What do you think? I don't think it, it depends on who roll, who goes first. To be honest, anymore, I think it just depends on how much damage you can do in the least amount of time. Well, the the advantage for going first, though, sometimes is you potentially don't have any blockers if you're the if, the, if you're the second player, right? So that's where you would not buy master mold at that point. Right. I was still focused on master mold, but then I didn't think about about other things like so I, I should have bought Jimmy so hold on so so Dwayne turn one you roll three sidekicks turn two you, you hit it didn't you hit your turn what you I hit it perfectly like I got I did two preps I did my normal stuff and you got some master bowl you bought your master bowl he was prepped he was definitely coming he was coming he was great and then Dwayne got his master mold no Dwayne never bought a master 
It, well, he well, bought he one. He did one, but he didn't roll, roll it. But I don't think he cared at that point. It actually, he looked disappointed again, but it actually was a, because he had the three sidekicks. He snuck through for one sidekick on turn and four, and then he just could yeah. sinister and block anything else. It was actually a blessing that he didn't get Master Bowl because the sinister, he was up one point, and he could sinister no matter you. There's there no way unless you rolled a ton of sidekicks and maybe one mask. I was hoping that my time rolling sidekicks become really handy now. It's interesting. Well, congratulations, Petrus. You played a great, great tournament, and you built a wicked team. And again, you know, you're one point of damage away from being in the top in the top table. But well, now I know what to do this with this team. Instead of because I have extra things, I'm like, what can I put? Now I can actually put more on Jimmy Olsen to buy more Jimmy Olsons to like kind of go go ham at it. Well, cool. Thank you. And uh, you know, I'm sorry you didn't take it this time, but great game, great match. All right, we're here at the end of the finals. There were some. I missed lethal the first game. Well, let's talk about that. I'm here after a very final world championship finals, maybe the last ones ever. I hope not, but it could be. Here, uh, 2023 Gen Con. I'm standing up next to our runner-up. First of all, Dwayne, congratulations for making it this far. You brewed a good team and you piloted it exceptionally well, except for this one moment at the end of the first game in the final. What... Can you tell us? I mean, I, I saw it happen, and I just went, "Oh, oh no!" It was one of those moments where you're just like, "Oh no, so, oh no!" So yeah, tell us what so happened. We, I've got four life left. I've got Master Mold and Villainous Pack rolled, and a ton and of I've got 27 there. energy, and he has Lalandra. Is it Lalandra? Active Super Lalandra. And I decided to just out of habit. Yeah, right. out of habit, just Molecule Man Global in Master Mold, which cost me two life. And then you couldn't play the villainous pack. To you had lethal on the table. Yeah. Yeah. So that and, was my and, and they were like, "No, can't take it back." And that was. And the second game, you were well, well. Really quickly, before we moved on, I was speaking to Ian about that and Charlie, and they said that you guys don't have that card in your local scene. So, did you know that it had the uh, action half of the text? I don't think you did. Did I you? Didn't. He no, knew no. the global half, but not the action Correct. half, right? Correct. Yeah, like that. I said the same thing, man. Like learning the cards is half the thing. Like today, I brought a card that that I thought worked one way and it didn't. So, you know. But wow. But you. And then in the second game, you had lethal again on the table, and you couldn't roll, yeah, man. You miss. You whiffed. You whiffed. Uh, back so my heart goes out for you you were like a skins i mean a skins with from being world champion champion right now yeah yeah the number two club (laughs) all the other number twos end up well number one later let's talk to ben real quick again congratulations to him that that and that was you know there's always moments in games now I gotta say, Mr. Fantastic. There was a moment. There was another moment in the game where I know, but I was thinking there was one moment in there where you could have. You were sitting on a ton of energy to do a whole bunch of sinistering. You yeah. already had one. You already had a Mr. Fantastic. I'll buy a second one. I was gonna say why. You know, like you. I know you don't like to buy extra, anything extra, but in that case, you just needed to clear some that just reduced the I damage. That first game so I made. why didn't you? Why why didn't you just Dark Phoenix and buy a second one? You could have still sinistered to the to the to the heavens. The f- the first game I played, I, that, that first game I made so many mistakes. The like last, the turn before last, I attacked with a bunch of stuff that I probably shouldn't as well. It's funny though, like you say you made a lot of mistakes, 
You, okay, you made a couple of mistakes, but it happens when you get down, when you've played a whole day of Dice Masters and you're at the final table, it's so easy to make mistakes. This day. But, but at the same time, it felt like, just as an observer, because you had you had your pieces, you had all the pieces you needed, you had the fantastic, you had game, your master mold. It felt like that first game if, I should have won. Yeah. yeah, if 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 fantastic turns, he went through the bag maybe three times. With, yeah. He never turned. No. So the only thing I could say is maybe you get a second, second one. one. The thing but, is, I think actually game one, I sh- I know she won me the game, but I think the lander was a mistake. I should have gone villainous packs because I was so on top. Yeah, Mr. you were fantastic you were in control. To clear out stuff. The Lander won the game. So. game. So, I but mean, that was like an unforced error. I want to make it really clear that in the jerkiest way possible, like, yeah. there's some really, like, I don't know, Novak Djokovic would do that. Do you know what I mean? Like, someone everyone hates. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it is kind of rich because you, of all the players, you're especially somebody that's, like, moving things around and then be like, well, maybe it will. No, no, I, know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm, I'm very, very sorry. Um, well, just, yeah, when it, Nick was here, it wasn't you who was saying no, 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 no. I mean, it was just that's the, those, 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 those are the rules. Yeah. But uh, congratulations, I, I, first of all. You're yeah, was, double world champion, the first double world I, I, champion. I, I well done, man. Stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was a really... I mean, it's just a mass is just a beast, like beefy dude. He is, like, he's a beast. You can't do anything against him if... Like, do it, like, there was no subtlety. That second game, it was just no subtlety. Yeah, I mean, you were about you to lose it. He, j- he just whiffed the turn. He whiffed you, your uh, roll. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I bought the Villains Pact. I was like, he's going to win it. The only hope I have is he misses and I get the villains back next turn. That's, that was interesting. So let me talk to you about this. So the first game, it felt like you were actually in control of the game. Yeah. You changed your bio order the second game. So Why'd you second. do that? Oh, because you went so second. second. Yeah. Okay. When I go first, I start with the fantastic control. Right. A bit better. But going second, buying master mode is what I programmed in my head to do. Right. And again, I don't know if that was the right decision. Second game. Because again, you were behind. You were still behind you know, the I rug. Think I should have gone fantastic and just tried to get or molecule man and try to be defensive. Maybe those are the things that, like play testing. You know, I wish I'd ever done some for yeah. this kind of stuff. But that's the kind of thing. Like those subtle things. Like, let me get your thoughts on this now. Having watched Dwayne win in the one thing that see people seem to never practice. Yeah. That it's critical. Like now that the game's over, we can talk about this. Dwayne, maybe you want to be in part of this too. Is the turn the, the, the going to time because this could have easily gone to we were almost at 50 minutes again this could have easily gone to this five turn sudden death thing your thoughts on that better to go first or second in sudden death I mean it turned out worked first, it worked out for me worked out for you. yeah what do you think I mean generally the pet rule of thumb before was second but I'm not so sure what do you think the thing is going first lets you yeah I don't know you were really getting that the semi-final pushing that one side kick just getting that one damage and then just stalling out. Yeah. You also just, Dwayne's very relaxed. Like, I try and be very relaxed, but I was not relaxed in that final. <laughs> so I guess in a shootout, it's just being aware of what your opponent's doing. If they get a character, mm-hmm. you need to wall up. Well, we were talking earlier, saying like the one thing that you had on your team that might have been really good for you was that Vulcan. Yeah. Right? They can't, all the sidekicks go, and then here he recomes for a minimum of three damage. Instead of Master Mold, you put Vulcan. Maybe, maybe Vulcan, maybe. I don't, I don't know. But it doesn't work against Master Mold, though. So, you know, it's odd. It's funny because we think about, like, you didn't roll your Master Mold, usually that's a curse. But in that case, it allowed you to do double Sinister and protect you and win the game. So, any other last thoughts? Uh, you know, is it a little bittersweet? What, what's your feeling? No, I feel here? like a jerk. You yeah. feel like a jerk? Uh, well, which I am. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean like. No, here, here's the thing. Obviously, Dice Masters means a lot to all of us. It does. It's a but great game. I mean, it's today proves it's a great game. The semi-final, both semi-finals are really good. 
that the shootout in the semi-final between Dwayne and Petrus was mm-hmm. like unbelievably tense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's sad to see somebody go down on a you know on a double fault or something. You know what I mean? Like that hurts. But he, here's the truth: is you guys played excellently to get here. You built good teams. You knew how to play your teams. It was a razor breath, and, and he, he, you know, I mean, literally one yeah, villainous pack two. here, one thing. We're we're two. We're yeah, you should have won that second. Game. We're two things. You should have won the second. One. You should have won the first one too. So won like, the first one, though. yeah. So theoretically, we're this close between like you know being at the top table and not. So it was a, it was a fun game to watch. It was a, you know it was like one of those ones where like the whole crowd went like, oh, oh, you know. Oh, I know, I know, I know. But you handled it. To your credit, you handled it like yeah, a man, yeah, like- and you came back. You, so many other players would have totally tilted after that and not been able to play. And you came back, and you, you were totally in the driver's seat, ready to win that game. So, you know, hats off to you for that. So Yeah, just the buy order of the model. The buy order of the master mode is so, like, clean. Mm-hmm. It's just, it needs, they need to be, I don't know if he, he probably is the problem, but the villainous pack paired with them. The, like, I have a team full of villains, and it's still just, you can't get this, them out in time. The right. master mode just, he just forces you into terrible decisions. Like, terrible decisions. You attacked with a 6-6 six, six master mode and a token. Like, I let the 6, I just, I'm like, okay, as long as it goes away for a turn, but it's going to be back the next turn because of Mr. Sinister. I misplayed because I could have got a couple more psychics through, which would have got you down to the 2 anyway. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, yeah, that, so, just, yeah. Yep. I'll say this. The greatest thing that happened to me in this tournament was seeing Ben think twice. <laughs> I was on, like, the whole time I was like, that second game, yeah, that second game. Honestly, I was doing that purposely. I was like, just need to be as fast as I can to make it just, like, put pressure on you. But every time I looked at you, you were just like, okay, I'm going to do the very methodical. Well, guys, congratulations again. You know, I hope this isn't our swan swan, but we'll be back. We'll be back. All right. Back in the hotel room on Saturday after a long day of Dice Masters. Luke, how'd your day go? How are you feeling? Mediocre. Mediocre. I mean, it was a good day of Dice Masters. I would have liked to have more Dice Masters in my good day of Dice Masters. <laughs> you know, that's one of the downsides. I mean, I have my Master Mold team right over there. I could have played it. I know I do Master Mold well. I did it last year. I did well. But and you know you you get you go wacky and you get your just desserts right. That's the <laughs> moral of the story. And the only I don't regret going wacky, but I do regret not making the top cut. I you kind of forget that. Well, now I sound like a wanker. Like oh, I always make the top cut, so I just like forget what's like just to do the Swiss. But it's like less than half as many games you get to play when you don't make the top cut. So I was like damn only four games that's it it's over you know <laughs> my wacky yeah. team locked me out of six more games of, yeah, yeah so that was kind of disappointing well but i'll tell you the, the team is fun to play it's so. funny my day was going well and i don't know if it you know i'm sure it doesn't have anything to do with this but there's a certain point in the day where you came over me and you're like the black panther doesn't work against master mode the way we thought it did and then i realized i had a totally fatal flaw in my team because we were thinking again folks if you're out there read the cards <laughs> don't just kind of assume you know what the cards do like actually read the fine text because we were assuming that master mold fields a token and then every time when he when he fields it he fields a token when he attacks he fields a token and when he's KO'd he fields a token but no you place a token when all three of those things happen so 
Black Panther doesn't do diddly against him. We were thinking, boy, this is actually kind of a sneaky little way. It's not of- like it, it, we always knew it wasn't a great counter because you can't re-roll the tokens. But we figured, you know, that we're at least having the number of tokens that are coming out because if every time they when they field him, they have to re-roll him immediately because they place a token and then. So we, we calculate, it's like, you get, instead of three tokens, you get 1.75 tokens. Yeah, and, and te- you know, we didn't do much, but the little we did looked like, hey, that's actually pretty good. It can make a difference. It can really slow that, that team down a lot. But anyway, uh, it didn't work out. So as soon as that happened, I was 2-0 and before that. You know, we faced, I think there were, what, five Master Mold teams in the tournament this year? Yep. We faced them all. Except for Rob. Except for Rob, yeah, yeah. I will... One one came close on one, got trounced by a third. You know, so out of four games, I had three master molds. How many master molds did you see? You see two. Uh, I least. went. I went two and two. My first two games against were against Petrus and Ben, who obviously ended up doing very well. In those first two games, I had a combined total of seven turns. Um, <laughs> so that tells you all you need to know about that. I don't know that I'm one of the people who's calling for a ban on master mold. Though, though at least you got the, 10 damage in on Petrus with, with, uh, yeah. that, with that uncommon Phoenix Force Cyclops, which is kind of cool. I did. I, the game with Petrus was remarkably close for a four-turn game. Um, <laughs> like, he, 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 I mean, on the one hand, it was kind of a trouncing, but on the other hand, if things had gone only slightly differently, it would have been... You could have pulled, yeah, I could have pulled it out. Like, yeah. he, he conceded afterwards, like, he did not want to see another one of those today. He, I had him sweating, but then he was just able to get the rolls off and... I yeah. mean, I was playing, when, when you go up with that uncommon Phoenix Force Cyclops, you're playing a high-risk strategy. Yeah, you right? sure are. Because you can't have other things in the field. If you have other things in the field, it neuters the Phoenix Force Cyclops, because then they can just force that to attack, and yeah. then block that instead. If so they, you have to have nothing else. And Petrus right? had two force attacks on his team, of course, so yeah. There was no way around it, so you just had to bite the bullet, and here's my path to winning. Have to hope that one of these times, you <laughs> don't roll Master Mold, and if you don't roll him, it's over for you. Were you thinking but, about buying two of him? if oh, necessary i was about to <laughs> i had all the dice in my prep area i was ready no, yeah, that's but... funny that's really funny yeah so i mean yeah i played mike and who was top four and congratulations to michael schatz did a great job another local la guy we're very proud of him. very proud of him and uh, he was running a starro frontline bum rush which was <laughs> worked worked wonderfully when it went off and, you know, I played Petrus and Dwayne as well. So I played three out of the top four. You played two of them. So, you know, we had a, a pretty rough schedule for our janky little teams there. So Yeah, the thing is, like, the rough schedule is cool when you win. But when you lose, <laughs> the rough schedule is just like, yeah, I mean, I guess I was justified in losing to Ben and Petrus because, you know, that's a thing that people do. But, in, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I guess the moral of the story is we might be a little bit past our prime. Yes, that's probably true. Of course, it doesn't hurt to, to practice a little bit. We've been really busy, but hopefully we'll get a chance to do more in, in the future. I don't know. Like, the last year, I didn't practice at all. At all. We yeah. played two games the night before, and I was like, well, this Master Mold team seems to do the trick, you know? Well, it also helps to run Master Mold in a Master Mold Smackdown. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, Master Mold is also incredibly simple. Like, you have to memorize maybe, like four principles or so and tops five sets of well, four turns it, it, and then you're and then you have you kind of know what to do it is if everything goes to play it now if you're playing a 
mirror match, it can be a different story, especially when some of the other stuff gets on the table, like Dickens and all the other... Well, well I have know. made my loyalty to mutation well documented. <laughs> I do not care about Deken. Go ahead, bring your Dickens. Right. My mutation will triumph. Well, again, that takes a certain level of skill and, and practice to really learn how to use mutation properly. So... Anyway, you know, it was a good day of Dustmaster. A little bittersweet. I mean, I'm, I'm, we're kind of in this nether world right now. I'm, I'm not sure where we really stand in terms of... It looks like we're going to get another set. And then do we have more future play? Maybe? I don't know. So it was a little bittersweet in that regard, you know? I don't want to be the Debbie Downer. Well, we, get, we need product. We need product. We need support. We can need to mobilize as, as a community, maybe, and, and let the company know that we're here to help promote and support the game in any way that we can and and hopefully you know they can do their share I it's mean, we've got some new bright-eyed leadership at whiz kids hopefully easily manipulable <laughs> um, well they put on a lot of work on let's be fair i mean the redesign you know their new rules document the rules forum questions being answered recently so there's been activity in a lot of good ways i wish their marketing department did anything <laughs> well yeah uh, and we don't know what the whole story is yeah, there well, we, but look, look, we can't if we 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 can't air our grievances without also offering as much support yeah exactly so, so and it's not like I, I don't have ideas it's just that the communication with the company isn't great so while we we have a desire to help and we have the passion to help and we will set aside time and go to bat for the game in order to help and i feel a lot of people are on the same page as us with this company needs to communicate with us so that we can coordinate our efforts somewhat and make sure that we're on the same page to try to attempt a revival yeah that would help and i I understand i think they may be a little gun shy i know there's been some what's the right word maybe combative relationships with some of the hero clicks community in the past that has maybe left whiskey's gun shy to communicate with their player base but i you know i just don't see that kind of same uh, we are very polite <laughs> yeah very we're, polite and we had a lot of canadians right <laughs> yeah exactly like we're half canadians at this point and half of the american players are like minnesotans so that's honorary canadian you know <laughs> halfway there yeah no it's true so you know hopefully we can do our share as a community and you know and hopefully our minnesotan listeners don't take that too seriously i mean like <laughs> you know you're you're almost there you know you, i've I've heard you say a boot. Like, you don't gotta... I, I hear the story, okay? I caught myself. You were here earlier in this episode. I've been living there too long because you would have heard me say doomsday. And <laughs> that's just not... I digress. Anyway, well, we're going to check in again tomorrow after the draft. Let you know our final thoughts on the weekend and Gen Con and everything else. But thanks for listening so far. So, we have just finished the final draft on Sunday. 16 players again. Yeah. Everybody here having a good time. I saw some new faces, which is always wonderful to see. How many new players were there in this draft that you could count? Um, so I, most of them weren't truly new, but they just haven't played in a while, or they uh, were maybe new faces to us. Right. Younger players yeah. in the community. They're, they're not the ones that are showing up in the big scenes. They didn't play yesterday for Worlds, but they have their own little small groups. And a couple of them found out that they were 
both from Chicago area and decided they would meet up or try to meet up. And everyone had fun. They enjoyed it. I loaned out the sidekick dice because they didn't realize things were happening. And then they popped in for a quick draft. It was great. Yeah, I was able to handle handle somebody else. By the way, I'm speaking here, of course, with Nick Wally, the head judge, who did an incredible job again. Thank you, Nick. But yeah, I handed out a set of sidekicks to another guy who was in the Indiana area. Some of those guys were getting together and realizing, hey, we only live 20 minutes apart, so there's a new scene brewing in around Muncie, Indiana. If you live up that way and you want to play, keep your ears out. We're really encouraging people to reinvigorate their local scenes if possible. Yeah, Uh, I think Lucan's going around getting some people's uh, contact info to try and collate it into something, but... I'm sure Luke will explain that later in the podcast. Yeah, we're really going to try to make a big public push with one big weekend. And anybody who wants to help do Learn to Plays and get people out and give this next set a big fighting chance. Yeah, it's it's great. The turnout here it was pretty consistent. We had, I think, average of 14 players each time. No one sat out. Everyone had fun. And yeah, no, There was no drops either during the whole tournament, if my memory serves correctly. Is that right? No drops, and even with the tournament rules as they are, very minimal number of ties. Oddly, if we're talking about ties that usually ruin tournament rankings, it came down to where of the 14 players, there were four players that had three wins. Nobody had more wins. It was an easy top four cut. No stress about the top four cut. Yeah, no, I thought the tournament ran incredibly smoothly, and a lot of that is credit to you, Nick, so thank you for that. Any rules that came out that were interesting? We had one in the draft I thought that was kind of fun today. Yeah, I've got a few rules questions that I will post and see what we say, just because they're kind of weird niche cases that, huh, didn't think about that. Uh, For instance, locked in combat, I don't have the exact text, but you pick two dice, they go out of play, and then they return at the end of the turn and take two damage. And so the question is, what if they had damage before that? Does it carry over? Does it forget since they were out of play? And when does that damage even happen? I had Jimmy Wu, who does damage when you play an action. Yeah, there was also Jimmy Wu, who does damage when you play an action. However, as we've seen with some of the rulings, if you're going to play an action, it really kind of goes through a micro step before you resolve the action of, you say, I'm going to initiate this action, look for all simultaneous triggers, then that action must resolve before all the simultaneous triggers. But that seems to be the timing as indicated by a Sheriff of Agamotto and mutation ruling that he needed to be active before the action it triggers doesn't matter where he went and so all those other cards weird thing the particular in that was there's two things going on was one of those weirds like hi i'm not sure exactly how this works because he had a i was playing against scott from illinois and he had that madeline Pryor that gives sidekicks plus one attack in the field zone and she had three defense so i was thinking can i play this locked in combat deal two damage to her before she gets taken out if she comes back, does she remember that two damage, or is it vaporized and then takes two damage and I knock her out? So I think there's I, well, there's a couple of problems with that yeah, possible the, thought, but that would have really helped the me. The timing issue resolved <laughs> it so that she wasn't really getting knocked out. But yeah, it, it's a good thing of, like, say, you had Magic Missile, the global. I'm going to ping her, send her out of play. She comes back at the end, takes two damage. That's three, and she'd be knocked out. The question is, though, when she goes out of play, does that all that damage disappear? Yeah. yeah. Would she be knocked out or does it disappear? 
the yeah. other question we had, and they, it's because they've been talking about the force blocking stuff recently. They've ruled a few times with the Namor that says your opponent must pay three life before you can declare blockers. And so that had some interactions with the force block and the current standing after they've oh, re-jiggered it a few times. The current standing is that you cannot play that global on their dice because those dice, you can't enforce the cost and thus it just can't be played even. And so the question comes up of, well, what if there's Molecule Man who does not make your opponent pay a cost for all of your attackers? It's only your Fantastic Four attackers. Then you should still be able to force a character to block if you intend to attack with a non-Fantastic Four character. Or can you is what it really came up with. The way we decided, or I decided, because it was my time to shine, was... I just said if you can pay the cost to force them to block, but if you're not attacking with a non-Fantastic Four character, it fizzles. Kind of like the old call-out rulings of if something breaks, it's just broken and you don't get it back. That's a, well, a fun thing. In, in these drafts, these little edge cases come out all the time. Well, this wasn't know. a draft. This yeah, was this in the fourth a, game of Worlds. Oh, really? Talk yeah. about that. So was it against you? On you? It was me versus Alex Kuz. And he was also playing a Fantastic Four team. And he had Molecule Man out. I also had Molecule Man out. And he wanted to force block some of my stuff into, I think, his thing it was. And I didn't have any energy to block. But I knew that there were many confusions about the force to pay a cost rule. Now, there was a time in my life where I felt very confident that I knew those rules hands down. But not only has my memorization of the rulebook dwindled, but also the rules have changed somewhat. So, Well, I'd say the core issue is that there's about six posts in that thread where they first said one thing, and then it was recanted and changed to a different thing before the end of the results. And so I will ask this in a new thread as they've said they prefer that and we'll see what that does and I'll make sure to add in a link to reference the old but it is kind of a weird situation with these force blocks and costs and they are sticking to their guns of you can't make them pay a cost. So in in your particular case what happened at the end of that? So... Well, he is exactly what Nick said. He was able to force to block my character dice, but if he didn't attack with the sidekicks, which would be the only legal targets for them to block because of Molecule Man, because I didn't have any energy in my reserve pool, then the effect would fizzle. That's interesting. So that it, that's a great. So there's a little detriment to Molecule Man in that particular case. You know, interesting little detriment, but you yeah. know. I mean, if you're wanting them to block when you're wanting them not to block, sure. <laughs> um, I I would say though, based on what I said too, of. If you pay to force them to block, and they did have energy, they could still choose to block the... uh, Even if you attacked with the sidekick and something else, they would have to block at least the sidekick. I would say that the player could opt to pay more if they wanted to block the Fantastic Four, though still not compulsory that they must pay it. They just couldn't block the Fantastic Four without paying it. Because it's still a pay cost. Yeah, interesting. All right, well, those are the rules, I guess, that came up. So, overall, Nick, what's your final feeling about A, the convention, and then B, the tournament, and then C, the state of the game? So, A, the convention, because I've got a memory like a goldfish right now. Convention, 
is big and crazy and I mean I come here and I enjoy shopping around for different board games too I'm kind of a little disappointed and feeling a little FOMO of like there are some things that I kind of want but they've already sold out or you know the vendor is just selling it at MSRP which is fine but I'm not going to worry about getting it here I'll just buy it at home and help support my local shop and so yeah I haven't really bought much for myself yet other than some like kickstarter stuff for a board game that i didn't get the kickstarter for i got an insert for the same game i really like earth it's kind of like wingspan but it's plants and fungus i don't know if taxonomically that's different because i'm not a biologist but it's a fun game that plays a lot like wingspan and then some all right, so what was question B? B? Was the tournament and how, how thoughts and feelings. Any, any, any standout moments in the tournament that you like, thought, wow, wow, that was... I, I think the tournament went well, and I kind of basing that on my own preconceived standards, not just everyone else saying so. But, like, my goal, we started at 10, and I was like, one round an hour for Swiss. And we got there even with a slightly late start. So I was happy with that. We could start the top cut of four by 2.15, I think, is when we finally got it going. And it went pretty good. There was a little bit of an issue considering um, some overtime play that um, I'll leave it at the tournament rulings probably need some updates yeah. to consider. And especially because to the community itself, when we're hosting the events, we, as in not WizKids official events... I know I'm speaking both hats at the moment, but the community typically doesn't use the tournament rules anyways, so maybe if there could be some melding of parties and say, the community comes to a consensus, this is the rule set we like concerning timing or whatever, and then it maybe gets printed and they can make it a little more polished and clear if they want, but just kind of coming to a consensus on some of the timing issues... It's interesting. Could I interject one real quick? Because about the ending, like that's one of the reasons I don't play in a lot of the online tournaments is because I really like having the three turns. For me, that's that's for me that's the time. I even like five turns. That's the time where you finally get to put your thinking cap on. And that's kind of like I get one yeah. hail mary. Three turns is enough for me to set things up and win. It always yeah, feels right? disappointing to me. Like time's up, it's over. It's like yeah, if I if I were like that in the bedroom, I'd be a long, very long measure. <laughs> you know? Okay, it's a family podcast. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, for me, that's like that's the moment of enjoyment where we kind of sit down. Time is off the table. Like even in chess, when they have chess clocks, you do the first fifty moves on a clock, and then after that, you put the clocks away and you go deep. You know, yeah, and I feel like that's the chance to do that. I, that's the part I really enjoy, and I'm sorry it's un- inconvenient for other people to wait a little bit, but we should be satisfied to let other people know that they're having the really cool moments of Dice yeah. Masters. Yeah. I mean, also, it's a great time to spectate. Yeah. There is no better time to spectate than when people are sitting there, they're sweating out of every orifice on their body, they like look like they've had 20 Red Bulls, and it's game three with turn five. It's the best moment as a spectator, yeah. and it's even better to be and, in and the I seat. And I think that's kind of what the tournament rules could possibly use, is that maybe a bifurcated system of, here are the rules for the top cuts that do get a little more intense and can play longer, get stressful, and be well-defined with turn five. Because I know some people like it, and that's going to be the hard part of the consensus. But as far as Swiss rounds and keeping things paced well, when you get to those five turns, sometimes that takes just as long as what you did for the time limit. 
that can drag things along, and not everyone likes it if the meta's going slow. But and maybe so it's, three it's turns is consensus of what we need to do. Yeah. Yesterday we played a thirty-minute clock with three terms during Swiss, and we managed to do around an hour, so it worked. Yep. And that might be a thing of if there are added turns, maybe it's just a shorter clock. Sure. Because I mean, it could be twenty-five minutes with five turns. Right. I don't know, but we can try and find a consensus as a community. And I'm not going against, like, saying everyone needs to use the tournament rules. But if we had a more established set of tournament rules that we can say, this is the competitive way that should be played. If you want to call yourself a slightly more casual tournament, so be it. Water it down a little bit. Whatever you want. Consistent. And and it is, like, if you're doing, like, a tournament that is specifically a tune-up for a tournament like this, it's really helpful to have played with the same rules that you're going to have in the thing because it can affect very significantly strategy. So... Any other thoughts? So turning points and And other things in the the tournament. Sorry. Yeah, in the tournament, too, I think there were a few times pointing to, like, the high-level play. Really make sure you understand some of your cards and your opponent's cards. Because you can definitely... I raise my hand. Yeah, you you should look, read them, double read them. Does the card say that it is for actions and globals or just globals? Does it say character dice versus character card? Does it say fields instead of place? Yeah, does it say field or place a token? Um, Target or is it something that doesn't target? And I'm not going further with that. That one's a can of worms. Yeah, and so there were a few things, but we got those straightened out. And I think in the end, some players may have made some different choices mm-hmm. based on some hand. of that. <laughs> some people may have made mistakes, but we're looking at the top players. This is the expectation, and the top players are not going to make those mistakes. Most, most, most often. You know? Yeah. But at the, here's the thing. is that By the end of a long tournament like that, you see the mistakes even the most finely tuned players will start making mistakes after a long day of dice mess. It just happens. And that's the stressful part of uh, that top cut. I know some of the players who went to turns in the 50-minute rounds, and it was piecing out that five turn and stressing out, just like Lucan was saying, with all the sweat coming out. It was... was They were done when it was was done. They were mentally and and physically taxed. And now letter C. I'm, I look, look at my brain yeah, still working C, here. You, you remember so, it. I don't. I, well, it's amazing. I want to pat myself on the back. So letter C. What's your feeling? How are you feeling about the state of the game? And where are you pessimistic? Where are you optimistic? What can we do as a community? So on? there's definitely a spectrum of things to come out of the weekend. I was at the fan event and asked about the House of X, which is on solicits. And the answer was that it's on solicits. We intend to sell this. And so it seems every intention, they've redesigned the cards. They've redone the comprehensive rules. We could use a redo of the tournament rules. They've but been active in the rules forum, too. They've been active in the rules forum. And I'd ra- I think from their perspective, probably make sure the game works first and then tournament play like we could have more tournaments we won't be in memphis for dice masters officially uh, unless something changes real quick like but they've definitely focused on getting the game functioning and let the tournament stuff subside for a moment i'm hoping we can come back and have some more tournaments in the next year 
even if we don't call them world championships or nationals, I would have been happy if this was called just the Gen Con tournament for Dice Masters. Or if it comes back to Origins or PAX, or if Chris over in the UK can call it the UK Games Expo Tournament of Champions of Dice Masters and throw in every other letter they want for their uh, mod pods. Yeah. yeah. And I think WizKids is willing to help support people who want to go to these big events and put on a tournament. They want people to run tournaments. If you're interested, maybe try and get a contact with them and say, hey, I'm going to this sizable convention. I want to represent Dice Masters there. Can you help support me with products? That's a great idea. Yeah, because we need more ideas like that. And I, it's the bat signal out to the community as a whole. If you have ideas for how we can let WizKids know that we're here to support and make the game profitable for them, there will be more incentive to publish more product and get things to keep the game moving forward, which is what we want to do. Yeah, and that's that's kind of always been the thing. They mentioned at the fan event that some of the numbers were not where they wanted to. They've tried some stuff, which the redesign is there, and they're looking for ways to improve it. They're not giving up on the game. They just need to try and figure some self out from themselves as a business. Because let's face it, if the game is not profitable, they're not going to produce it. That's poor business structure. I am just a volunteer employee, temporary contractual employee for the weekend. I'd probably come to Gen Con anyways, but now I have an excuse and the wife will let me go with a little more uh, ease because I can go and I have a purpose instead of just buying stuff. Which, I should mention, another game I've played after hours, after the hall closes and stuff, I found some other group that was playing Blood on the Clock Tower and I've played a bunch of games of that it's a really good social deduction game kind of like werewolf for ultimate werewolf but i'd say it's better awesome okay yeah blood on the clock tower folks so i found that and they were a nice inviting group i mean everyone here is nice and inviting except for maybe some of the longest lines had some issues but i didn't care to get in those lines yeah poor craig hubner pulled an all-nighter apparently in, in the lines last night so uh but yeah. he got his stuff. He got his stuff. You know? Hey, if you want to get your stuff and you do it, that's fine. I had no interest in what he was getting, and I'll leave it there. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, any closing thoughts before we wrap this Gen Con 2023 up in the terms of Dice Masters history? Um, Can't wait for the next one, online or otherwise. I want to roll some dice. All right, enough said. Thank you, Nick. So that was Worlds 2023. Once again, Master Mold rose to the top, which should come as no surprise given how ridiculously consistent it is, especially with Sinister and all the taunts kicking around these days. I mean, in terms of percentages and consistency, some people might be inclined to believe that maybe Master Mold isn't consistent because you're putting all of your eggs into one basket. But if you think about it, if you only have to roll one thing, it hurts a little more if you miss it, but your odds of getting that thing and being able to win with it are a lot higher because you're not dependent on multiple factors. That 25% of whiffing doesn't change. 
that's just 25. Well, instead of having to put two things in the field, you only have to put one. So, you know, that percentage is really high, it's, right? It's really, it's, it's, it's 75%. So right, right. Which is a lot higher than you if you have to get. pull, yeah, if you have to pull a combo piece off with having four pieces in the field, that's a lot lower, right? Well, and I mean, that's a bit of an exaggeration because nobody's going to be walking <laughs> up to Gen Con with a four-piece combo to be like, yeah, once I get my uh, thing out and then I have the well, Dr. Fate and then I also have Barry Allen. Then, well, like, that's not entirely through. true. You ran something that was a little bit like that, right? Yeah, but I got I got beat. So uh, take take it take yeah. it from me. Okay, well, that's the thing. It's just it's so consistent, and and uh, you know, hats off to everybody who knows how to run it well. I mean, even though Secret Roars brought a few cards that can really disrupt a Master Mold team, you know, like uh, Rare Mr. Fantastic or Uncommon Spider-Gwen or all the Phoenix Force Cyclopses, I guess not to mention Drax and Deadly and all the Uncommon Deathbirds that could do a little bit of a table turn, the percentages are just so heavily favor a team that just has to buy two dice, maybe even one if they get lucky, right? Yeah, I agree. I guess I particularly feel that way since it's been two years in a row of dealing with that card, and I was already bored with it last year. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that it needs to be banned, per se, because it doesn't deserve to be in the company of cards like Bard or Cosmic Cube. It's not that strong, but that being said, I'm just... I'm bored with it, so if it were to get banned, I might do a little dance. Or rotated, you know. Or rotated, you know, but we need new product if we're going to have a rotation. That's that's a conversation for another time. Yeah, and uh, beyond that, you know, even though I am bored with it as well, I I thought Ben's team had a certain elegance to it. You know, the super rare mystique with that cycling master mold would really work wonders against a control team, and, and that rare fantastic was a great call in a master mold mirror match situation. So... Even in a moldy mold meta, there were some new things to discover, right? For sure. But that being said, if we are fortunate enough to have another Worlds event, I really hope I don't have to deal with that card again. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully it gets cycled. Yeah, and I don't think too many people would grouse about that either. But before we go, I want to start banging the drum a little bit for the next one big weekend, which we intend to run when we get a firm date on the release of House of X. Hopefully we can combine that event with some same-day learn-to-play side events as a means to help reinvigorate the game and the local scenes out there. We'll talk more about this in upcoming episodes, but if your local scene is interested in participating, please, please, please reach out to us and we will get you on the list and make sure you get the prize support. And on that note, I do have a very big announcement, far bigger than anything else in the episode. I checked my rollandthunder.xyz email the other day, so it can be said that I do it (laughs) sometimes, but I'll be doing it more. So when you email us at arch at rollandthunder.xyz or lucan at rollandthunder.xyz, this time, at least for me, I'll, I'll, I'll stay on my side of the fence here, you will not be spitting into the wind. All right, well, shall we hit it and quit? Let's hit it and quit. Slangavol! Well, that's the end of Turn 5, my friends, and it's time for the final clear. We hoped you enjoyed today's show. You can find us at rollinthunder.xyz, without a G or an apostrophe, where you'll discover all the links necessary to listen or subscribe to the show. You can also reach us by email at arge or lucan at rollinthunder.xyz. Our theme music was created by Jesse Weiner. We're in no way affiliated with WizKids, other than we love and celebrate the game of Dice Masters. 
So keep on rolling, August Narlaga Gia the Lao. We'll be talking again soon with another awesome guest. So stay tuned. Enough said.